My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Tom Profit Take 9 with my friend Stash Snyder. And this time I have notes with me. I got an intro for you. Today I have with me my friend Stash Snyder. He's a friend, he's a filmmaker, an actor, and an Olympic weightlifter. He's also co-director on a recent sketch we shot that we're still in production on, and it should be coming out shortly once we rewrap the, the the next shooting day that's coming up. Um, and then also, he's uh, probably one of the most optimistic people I know, positive, positive attitude people I know, and 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 he's Russian, and uh, uh, but you know, of course, American citizen, Russian, but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it all come goes together. <laughs> yeah. Is there any, and is there anything else you'd like to add to that intro? Well, I also uh, thank you first of all. Thank you so much for having me, yeah, and uh, it's it's. Thanks Absolute for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great company, and uh, I'm looking forward to this discussion. And love your introduction. The one thing is that also I do a tra- uh, hammer throwing. Yeah, for track yeah. And, field. and you have a podcast for that. And I do. Yes, yeah. I do have a podcast. How did that get started? Well, that gets started. Um, it's funny. Me and my coach, um, we started uh, during the pandemic. We started mm-hmm. working on a website. And we wanted to um, uh, kind of like help other athletes who don't don't have like uh, you know places to go and throw the stadiums and things like this where they're stuck mm-hmm. at home and like have drills. So we like develop drills that they would do. Oh, okay. And then after that, me and my coach decided, why don't we just start a podcast? And uh, at the time. My coach uh, reconnected with uh, world record holder Yuri Dich, um, who he competed in the past, like a long, long time mm. ago, when they were back in college. And uh, we start, you know, he started talking to him. And after that, uh, he said, "Why don't we, you know, why don't we have an interview with him, a podcast?" And I said, "Why? Well, hey, that's a great idea." So I came up with we both came up with questions we send it to yuri and then after that uh we had him on our podcast and that's how it started basically mm. our first interview was uh uh interviewing a war record holder oh wow. war record holder in a hammer throw that's yes. cool did now uh did um now how, how often do you guys do those podcasts uh we when we started so right now we have uh four episodes mm-hmm. and we uh started like six about seven months ago. Okay, so like one every, one every two, one or two months, pretty much. Yeah, we try to do like yeah. one, one every month and a half, but we kind of stopped for right now a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but we're looking to continue next month again, like maybe at the end of July, beginning of August. Mm-hmm. We have some people on our list that we want to um, start interviewing again and doing a podcast. Like more, uh, more are they more... Um... Maybe not record holders, maybe they're record holders, maybe they're, are they, are they just, are they like, um, like high level athletes like himself? Yeah. Well, we have everybody basically. It's, Mm -hmm. it's athletes, coaches, uh, enthusiasts of sport fans. So after, um, we had Yuri Siddiq on our podcast, we invited, uh, my coaches, all coach Mm -hmm. from, um, his university of Cornell and, um, 
we had podcast with him, which was a very, very great discussion. Then after him, we had um, Yuri, Yuri Siddiq came back again with, um, oh, hold on. Do we, hmm. do, I don't remember the names. Can I? Oh, yeah, you can yeah. check your phone. Yeah, yeah can go ahead. Phone, yeah. yeah, go ahead. You cut, you'll cut this out. Uh, um. I'll uh I'm I'm gonna leave it in. I I look for I do the I'll talk while you're you're finding it on your phone. Um, basically like the podcast I do. Um, I do it as like a, a long form podcast. Um, if there's something that comes up that like somebody you know doesn't want getting out there, like comes up by accident, I understand. Like I'll take yeah. that out. No, no, just um, just that, that we just we can fill the space. Um, I, I, but if something like if you forget a name, I can put it in the video. Um. Oh, but oh, okay. well, you're finding it now, so yeah, yeah. Hold but um, yeah. The goal is to find uh, is to look is to do the podcast and end up with uh, a bunch of mm -hmm. um five to fifteen minute clips. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And gotcha, okay. so I re-listen to it and I figure out okay, um, you know, if there if I say something I know is wrong, like I'll I'll put a like a text. I'll I'll put a note down to like put text there. Right. And then, right. Uh, and then I'll also do um, uh, what is it? I'll do like podcast clips. Okay, I got it. Yeah, what's the name? Okay, so we just restart. Uh, yeah, so the second podcast we, we had with uh, Coach Tom Pagani, mm -hmm. uh, which my coach is all coach from Cornell. And then the third podcast we had with Back Again, we invited Yuri Sadeh. And this time we were talking about uh, his book that he collaborated with Dr. Vladimir Strelinsky. Mm -hmm. And it's about the art and science of hammer throw. Mm -hmm. So we had the, the episode of them discussing of all four of us now discussing the podcast. And then the last uh, podcast that we did the episode with, was with uh, Coach Muhammad, um, uh, Coach uh, Satara mm -hmm. from um, college in California. Mm -hmm. And we uh, basically had the discussion with him as well. Yeah. So it's coaches, athletes, um, people who write books about sports, mm -hmm. things like that. You said you had a website um, when you mentioned the podcast. You 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 started because you had a website. You what the yeah. is the pot? So the website is for like hammer throwing and, and whatnot. Is that does that be, is that like for the purpose of like giving people like athletes um, like is mm -hmm. was that did that start kind of and then the podcast came to like amplify that? Yes, basically. yes. It start basically. Uh, we started with the website. Mm -hmm. And the website was to help people during the pandemic. That's okay. what our, our yeah. goal. We start making videos. We start uh, kind of like sharing our ideas about good Amazon. timing to do it. Yeah, 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 it was. It was because uh, me and my coach. I remember it was uh, just start happening everything, and we couldn't. So we got kind of um, kicked out of the circle at one college at mm -hmm. my at my college. Well, not kicked out, but they asked us to leave. <laughs> you know, Why? politely. Why? <laughs> well, because we were not supposed to be there during, you know, the whole thing because it was starting closing down and everything. And we were still kind of like showing up, throwing, you know, until until we asked to leave. And this one oh, day nice. they the campus safety came up and they said, you know, you guys can be there. I said, okay, cool. And so, we okay, so the the drills are things that they can do at their own house, basically? Yeah, like you just, uh, with a limited space, at the house, in the ah, basement, okay. outside, in the Smart. park, anything. Yeah, anything that you, and, and the, the funny thing is, um, after we did that, not, not that we kind of probably promoted or whatever, but I've noticed that people started trading outside on the parking lot more and finding parks and throwing things in the park. So pandemic kind of changed the whole, the whole, everything like the training view for the hammer, because usually you just find the cage, find the specific area that you have to throw and stuff. 
since we didn't we weren't we didn't have the access to this uh, specific place, we had to basically improvise. And a lot of athletes, that's what they did during this time during last year. They just trained at home, trained wherever they could. How did you get started with with hammer throwing? Uh, so the hammer throwing, that's a funny story. So the way I started with it. Real quick, we're going to get into like acting and filmmaking oh, yeah. and all that stuff. But I'm, I, we're, we're talking about this right now. And yeah, I do have some questions about this that we've already covered so far. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, right. I jumped ahead, but that works. Perfectly. No, no, no. That's perfect. No, no. Um, but yeah, so back to what I was asking mm -hmm. you, I cut you off. Um, what, yeah, how did you get started with, with hammer throwing? So hammer throwing, I um, originally I wasn't looking into getting into that. Mm -hmm. I uh, came to college. I uh, wanted to play football division, you know, division three. Uh, worked on the football team. I played rugby at the time in high school. I played rugby football. And when I went to college, mm -hmm. I played rugby my freshman year and I, I played football uh, freshman till junior year. And um, I started doing track my like sophomore year just to get faster for football. So I was a sprinter originally. And I liked the track. I, I, I liked the sport. I, I liked sprinting. I wasn't fast. I wasn't <laughs> the fastest athlete. I mean, I played a uh, you know, fullback uh, at college. So, and after my junior, about my junior year, um, my coach kind of called me into the office and my head coach, Coach Tui, and then he kind of set me down and he said, listen, you, um, you're a strong guy. I see you're in the weight room, you know, last person, in, you know, first person in, last person out. You, you train hard and everything. Why don't you, if you, why don't you want to try hammer throwing? And I was just like, what, you know, hammer throwing, what, the fuck why? Is that? what is that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why? No, he's like, listen, I think you'd be better thrower than you're a sprinter. Let me just be honest with you. And I was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> if you, he said, basically, if you want to help this team, you know, uh, down the road, Either you or, do this or you get out of here. This is your only option. Exactly. So I was just like, all right, let's try a hammer throwing. <laughs> and I remember my first coach, stash kid. Yeah. <laughs> get him, get him to stop running or whatever. <laughs> stop sprinting. It doesn't look good. He actually funny. My, my first, uh, meet as a sprinter, he, uh, I finished a hundred meters. I, I was probably, it was like three people in my heat. I mm -hmm. came the third. Mm -hmm. So I, I took a bronze medal. call <laughs> that. Uh, he pulled me to the side and he said, Oh, Stas, you see like all those people here, all the sprinters that have those nice six pack abs, man, you got this one big ab, which is really stands out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks coach. Uh, this is a very nice of you. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of already premonition one for big, me. One, one big, big ab. <laughs> it was solid. But <laughs> uh, that's when I said I figured I gotta do more crunches and stuff, oh, like, more, more sit ups. What I do, um, I have a bozu ball up there, um, and oh, I learned nice. this where, I, and I use this. Uh, it's a, it's that arm. It's for, it's for pull ups that you put in a doorway. Yeah, I use that, and I stack like weights on it so it doesn't move. I put my feet under it. Oh, and nice, I, nice. I have the Bozu ball. I put it under my back. Yeah. And then I, w I lift and per I personally, I'm, I, I've, I've re I maxed out. Like I've reached the 35 pounds. Your spoons will only go up to 30 pounds, but oh, I, gotcha. I, I'm a rebel. Um, <laughs> I basically lifted, like I basically have my back. I'm sitting with my back on the ball on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then I got my feet under the thing to keep them from moving. And then I'll, I'll go back for seven seconds. Was it five seconds? Five seconds. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. when I reach the bottom, I don't hit the ground with the weight on my back, like straight. And then I bring it back 
up and then um i like like have my i have to bring it up and use my abs to bring it up into the air right like right, right. It's vertical and uh and then uh so it's like like five seconds down two seconds and then um three seconds up so it's like 10 seconds so you can like count to like 10 for a rep and then once you get to 20 that's two reps 30 three reps nice easy to keep track of and yeah. so i'll do that 10 times um for like like every time i do my this one workout i have mm. but uh yeah like that and then plus um this it's kind of like a cat stretch but you for 13 seconds or 12 seconds i do 13 because i'm a rebel <laughs> um i'll you, you basically you breathe in and then how is it you breathe i forget is if, if you breathe in or breathe i think i think you breathe in i forget and then you like or, or breathe out and then you like you do it to the point where you're like flexing really hard right right, right. i think it was breathe out yeah you probably. probably hold it and you're you're it and it, it activates like some muscles down like that are really yeah, hard to reach yeah, yeah. with different ab exercises yeah like lower abs usually. yeah yeah and and so that that's what i do ab workout wise i heard that from the this controversial book the four hour body four hour body <laughs> i got i got chewed out for by my my sister's uh uh a uh, boyfriend and he's like he he read that in college to write an essay shitting on it oh man <laughs> and it's and it's the and it's my bible in terms of my workouts that i do now and i'm like well look it, i get it i get why people hate tim ferris mm -hmm. i get it i get the criticism like some people even call him the, the call it the ferris wheel because the he, ferris he wheel. you go on it like the, you're you're hearing advice from somebody who's rich and famous and and right, and right. like has gets all the ladies all this stuff and it's and he's and he's yeah like it, it's just he's successful it's like a and why not, why wouldn't you listen to them and then they right. they try it for like a week or something and then it doesn't work well of course mm -hmm. like it i i go to his stuff i i listen to his podcast for years i haven't recently for some reason i just had to get my i had to get out of changing my routine right because right, when you yeah. if you go if you want if you're trying to figure out your routine you go to his content if you figured out your routine then i it's i think like you, you you need to figure out what works for you i've right. reached that like every it gets you he gets you 80 percent of the way there mm. and then the last 20 percent is you and, yeah. and 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 where you find from different sources um but like what well, let me just wrap this up it's like that book it's it's like in the beginning it's like scientists like 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 this is do not like like you like uh you know consult your physician before doing this shit like oh yeah yeah like it's like there's things about how to like go without sleep by napping every four hours mm -hmm. and it's it there's ridiculous shit like but it's it comes down to the theme of doing things within four hours like no. four hours okay. of workout a month right wow and he managed to get some bodybuilder to go way beyond what he'd ever been like size what, it, what, what and weight lifting he'd ever been um wow. just by and by getting by by getting it, it took a gradual process of like 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 the minimal workouts that you right, need right. to like like movements to get the most results plus finding that you know you only you only need to work out to get gains this often and you you start by like slowly adding a day every two workouts mm -hmm. like like two between the days so you get to like five days i i don't really do that all that yeah. i i work out every day but um you know it's like i like that that yeah. you can figure out something simple 
Yeah. And it's really all about like, you know, fi- finding out something simple that works for you that's as effective because mm-hmm. not every, you know, every program, everything will fit you, your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So you got to f- kind of like go through the routines, different routines until you find that one. And then you don't stick to the same one. You always change it. You yeah. always want to change yeah. it around because you don't want your body to like get stagnant. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the same thing what we did in our training, you know, for when I was sports and football, weightlifting, track and field. It's mm-hmm. kind of you want to keep keep changing so you don't hit the plateau. And, and I'm going to ask one more, probably one more, or this probably won't be the last one, but like oh. uh, the other um, question I had relating to this topic, you, you're you an Olympic weightlifter. And, and like, like, like talk about that a little bit and, and okay. like how did you get into that? Um, and, and, you know, what, like, what role does that play in your life right now? Yeah. So, uh, that is, uh, kind of was and still special, um, sport for me. I got into that, uh, through hammer throng, basically, Mm. uh, I started using Olympic weightlifting and we were still in college. We use some elements we use snatch and clean and, you know, power clean and football as a part of the training routine. And when I, um, post after college, I continued, you know, throwing hammer and everything. Mm. And about two years later, I met my old coach who was, uh, he is Russian. He's a Russian Olympic weightlifter and he was, you know, competing in Russia at the time and Moscow and, uh, so forth and so forth. He was training also an Olympic uh, team. So going to Olympics and, but then I think it was one of the Olympics that got canceled, uh, by, you know, kind of like Soviet Union canceled the one that was in the United States. Wait, it wasn't the, there was a was documentary it? Icarus that was done and it had some things to do with this. They were, they were doping or something. Was it, or, uh, or was that something different? I think it Sorry, might, I'm shitting on your country. Oh, no, it's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all, you know, it's all that, that the whole thing is, uh, you know, yeah. it's past. I don't. I don't they know. do that every a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not not everywhere. I was about to say, not, not everywhere else. I mean, it, it's really. I don't know. They're they're like they're, uh, in a lot of things. Like like I remember. Yeah, there was like a what was it? His name, um, Livestrong. Um, uh, um, Livestrong uh, bracelet. Armstrong. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a. Uh, yeah, like and and but like and and, but the thing was a lot of them did that. Yeah, and yeah. they just didn't get caught or something. It's just know. it's it's uh, you know it, sometimes when you you know people say when you get to like that level mm-hmm. you the, there's certain things that people do to yeah. kind of like keep keep at it because you know you, the age is everything. I mean I don't know personally, but yeah. that's why I read you know we all from documentaries and things like this. Yeah. So it's not that stuff doesn't like um, you know automatically makes you Superman. You still gotta work for it. Yeah, you do. You know. And it, it becomes like a combination of it. And and I uh, this kind of reminds me of this thing where um, uh, and I, I'll, I think I'll, if I can remember this, I'll segue into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's like with with sports, um, the idea of we like things to be natural, right. you know, people yeah. to get there, the natural hardworking process, yeah, because it's about. It's about perseverance, but and and struggle and the and, journey, and, and, too. yeah, and the journey and, yeah. and the character the person has mm-hmm. that that got them through it, right? And uh, that's a lot of it, and and um, then some parallel to that for I think filmmaking and and just life in general and, and being an artist, 
is this idea that um, there's a, like Elon Musk has this thing called Neuralink. Mm -hmm. um, and right. basically it's like, I think it'll get to this point. Basically it, it, it's a chip that you, that connects electrodes to your brain. So basically you can, you can send and receive um, signals with your brain um, to like devices. And instead of being limited to like so many characters or like inputs a minute, Right, right. You can go to thousands and millions eventually. And wow. Billions, maybe. It's really, I don't know. Right. right. I mean, it depends what the limitation of the brain is. And But it, I mean, what would happen is eventually, it's basically a, a an answer to the argument of how do we deal with AI and super AI and, and, a, and a computer being coming more you know intelligent than us and taking mm -hmm. us over. If you can't beat them, join them. And right. so connecting your brain like and what one day eventually like maybe your entire brain you know your skull is going to be removed and your entire brain is going to be connected mm. to this shit and you see that movie transcendence i i haven't dude <laughs> oh, i haven't man, you gotta i don't know that. why i haven't i gotta it's on my oh, list it's on my this, list now this, i'm gonna watch this tom, tom remember this watch yes, this why, why but that? it's like johnny depp oh man i don't I remember that when that came out and i was like oh, i should i should see this movie and i never did <laughs> i don't know why but everything i was interested in at the time had to do with that i oh, want to yeah. watch that so bad now because um, everything that you just said is that that's the plot premise basically, of that movie, yeah. basically yeah just check the lights are set uh, yeah. right uh, but um it's like um what when you have that when that happens also like the matrix mm -hmm. remember when he's like i want to download um kung fu and all this mm -hmm. shit right right and he fucking brain. downloads it right and then he has it he has that ability that's like like you're just downloading ten thousand hours worth of 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 training right yeah. and then and when and, and if we can get to that point from technology you know somebody could just download the 10,000 hours i spent trying to learn how to become a great filmmaker mm -hmm. or a great writer right um and you know, I think I'll probably have to make peace with that. Yeah, yeah. I you think. know, make peace with the fact that one day people are going to be able to do what I do, right? Better or a and, lot of people, and, most people, like I mean, the average person would be able to do what I do without putting in the work. But then you have to find that different edge, you know. Yeah. Still, like that's that's kind of like back into the competitions and everything. It's, yeah, it's kind of like with, and, and that's the thing. I, I I hear about this this what I'm just told you is you know, I hear about like on a lot of podcasts like the Joe Rogan Experience. But what I never hear about is, well, yeah, yeah, people will be able to download skills like really fast and be able to use them. Mm -hmm. There's still an edge. There's still, oh, yeah. there's still some place, there's still going to be a frontier of the top performers who utilize that just like everybody else. Right, right. And, and it's not going to, and, and basically what it's going, it's going to change what the frontier of, of, of the, the, the top comp competitors is going to change. And it's going to be based on a different, different playing field or, or different set of, of rules. Right. And, and you, ha if you want to compete, you have to, if, as long as you're a competitor and you're willing to do what it takes to, to figure out how to get better and better yourself and, mm -hmm. and, and not be deterred by right. the fact that, oh, everybody can do what you've been doing for the last 10 years, 10 to 20, 30, 40, 50 years, exactly, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, they're going to be able to do it in that, you know, yeah. figure out, you know, and it might, it might be, you know, finding out how you can you you know do, you know use as many of the skills as possible to mm -hmm. do something you know it might be 
just download you know download and spending as much time in the day this seems sounds ridiculous spending as much time as you can um downloading those skills and then maybe it might be at the end of the day you you right. go through the day using the skills and then after a few hours when you're burned out then you start downloading this if you if, you, if it, i don't know how like it'll what it'll do your yeah, energy but but it's like you know i mean talking about like that kind of like skills and i mean it's a futuristic things like that but like it currently if you think about going back to like sports and even you know filmmaking and everything you know there's books there are all these things that people still spend time reading and there's a you know in sports the training just for hammer throwing mm -hmm. came so far training for olympic weightlifting came so far from what it used to be back in 1920s now it's all the way here so people mm -hmm had the experience and put all that work current, like in the big database that were the wrote the programs and the books so like they know that it go through the um experiences of different athletes different workouts different programs which one works best which one doesn't and now the reason why I, I believe people are so good if you've seen you know uh olympic trials that just passed that's i, I look just, i heard some things about stuff going on with that just yeah through google news i just have an addiction to rechecking that right. well i mean yeah so like we have just in the throwing um face you you have uh three american records got broken in hammer and shot put mm -hmm. and in uh woman's hammer yeah and i mean that's the, the records that got broken there were 20, 20 almost 20 year old records Jeez. so it's like you can see how far like that came you know the kind of like the progress that people mm -hmm. made the training came from back then to now i mean obviously it's the athletes themselves you know the the, the guys who you know and, and girl who did the who broke those records who performed phenomenally i mean mm -hmm. they are exemplary athletes i mean they put in the work they you know there are a different type of you know different type of athletes but it's just the idea of um evolving of like finding better ways to train finding better without you yeah. know anything else any any outside sources just with yourself is what is what the keys and the other thing is like i actually um not to divert but i was uh i participated when i was in college when i was finishing in 2014 i was finishing my degree and before i started working i did the student um contest Mm -hmm. for like the innovation idea and my idea was uh and i i, I we took third place and we went down to new orleans i got the chance to uh, be on a big conference mm -hmm. present my project and everything sorry but, i was moving this because i realized it's right next to that thing and it might ca like cause oh. interference signals um to the, from the ipad yeah sorry. so 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 we went down to new orleans we presented our project and our project was basically uh our idea was to how to find the best workout for mm -hmm. for athletes using the previous workouts like a building the database that's basically based on your you know your physical characteristics and also your experience mm -hmm. and we would design your perfect work like not a perfect but the best workout possible to improve either your you know whatever results you want to and it would be based on the database of like thousands and thousands of thousands of athletes doing different workouts and like figuring out what worked for them and what would possibly what kind of body type they had and it would help you know we'll put that information and would use your uh you know physiology 
and to design your workout. Mm -hmm. So that was like my, you know, it was a good idea. I mean, we didn't go anywhere with it after the, after the conference. Yeah. But, um, you know, no, that sounds like a good idea. There's, um, have you ever heard of, um, let me just check the, while I'm talking, mm -hmm. just check this uh, thing. Um, basically like, have you ever heard of Occam's razor or the 80, 20 principle? I don't think so. No. Uh, so, so Occam, Occam's razor, uh, were you able to hear that on the headphones? Sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Um, so Occam's razor, and this is actually going to be one of my last questions, mm -hmm. but, um, basically, uh, it's like, there's the 20%, there, you, you have to, uh, there, if you can identify it, there is a 20% to everything that if you find it, it gets you 80% of the results mm -hmm. in that thing. Right, it could right. be 20% of the customers right that get you 80 percent of your revenue it could be um 80 of the people who make you or no 20 percent of the people who get you 80 percent of the happiness in life or mm. all these different things and Interesting. um it's basically you know it, it it basically is um you know you, you if you it, as, as long as you you know you can use it in any way you can you you know, think of it or right, and it yeah. usually is true it might be off by a little bit um but that's usually the average or the general or the general rule. And basically I, you know, I, I try to think of like a lot of the times, what am I, you know, am I trying to do the 20% that gets, or the, am I trying to do the 80% of the work that gets 20% of the role, results? Right. Sometimes that's true, but you got to admit it and you got to identify it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, you have to, you have to do what makes you happy, of course, but, of course. um, you know, a lot of times I look for what what can I do that gets me eighty percent of the results, or what can, what can I do that gets me eighty percent of the results? Was it was the twenty percent? Um, and when you identify that, you know, like you can make you can improve your life exponentially. Um, and you know, you know, because you know that that's what that's what they that's generally the the thing that I think of using mm -hmm. when I. And trying to 10x, you know, when I when you think of 10xing yeah, yeah, yeah. or 5x, I don't know, whatever you want right. to call it, so stupid. Um, <laughs> but if you ever want to, like, if you ever want to kind of improve some element of your life in a drastic way, that's how you do it. You you think of the what are the minimal factors you can focus on? What are the you know what are the minimal like if you were becoming a minimalist and you try to sell a lot of your stuff or mm -hmm. like a you know what what is the um. What, like, what are the 20% of the things that you have now that get you 80% of everything? Of you everything, need, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's basically about just the conserving, really, conserving your resources. Yeah, your and, your focus, your energy, mm -hmm. all of those things. Right. And, yeah, I mean, and and that's, that's that, that would probably be what you utilize. That kind of rule is something that you probably utilize when it comes to um, a world where you can download anything, any kind mm -hmm. of practice or skill or oh, yeah, yeah. or tech or, or or technique or something you know i think i think i think there's still you'll still have to master it especially if you if you download different ones right yeah. you're gonna have to find ways to connect them right there might they might be out there but it's gonna be up to you to find those connections so mm -hmm. i think there's gonna there's probably gonna be a time there's people are, if, if they're wanting to be the most productive person they can and compete with it when mm -hmm. that's kind of society it's like you're gonna have to find those things that you're, you're you not only 
you have to find the twenty percent of the skills that actually get eighty percent of the right. results of anything, right. whether right. it's your happiness or or you know productivity or, mm-hmm. or you know success in life, mm-hmm. all these things, health. Um, right, right. And you're gonna have to identify that twenty percent of those skills that you can download and put in your brain because mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have you're gonna be you're you yeah it's gonna be faster than than it takes us now as people but you're gonna right. have to be competing then with everybody else that has access to the same information right right exactly um but it's also gonna be weird because it, success will favor those who like upgrade faster than other people because they'll be able to download more information faster which is going to be weird. It is, yeah. In the way, know. I feel like it scares it's... me. It's so I, this scares the shit out of me. Because what? What if they have like more resources to find those upgrades? Oh you know? yeah, like, and you don't oh, like you know gosh. maybe it costs money, like more, more money. Dude, and stuff. you're gonna have it's... your first um, Google Google and Air, whatever, whatever the word is for Google Air. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for that. Yeah, because yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. I mean, um, but I I think it's just like a down the road futuristic you know like 100 years 50 years from now or maybe faster i don't know yeah, this this is a this is a horror film you know? <laughs> this is an idea for a yeah there film. might be you know should write a script about I, it i'm working on something similar similar okay uh, i won't go into detail on the podcast no no but, no need to but it's gonna be it? it's it's a project i started a long time ago okay. and then i got like i spent two and a half, year and a half trying to write it and i got i just I felt like my brain was turning to mush. I was meditating wrong because like I was, you know, I just felt like I was like meditation was causing me to feel like I was getting high. You know, like when you're getting <laughs> yeah, high, like yeah, if you yeah. ever have gotten high or you know somebody, it's like there, it seemed like, like shit they say makes sense at the time to them, but it doesn't make any sense not to, to anybody, anybody else. else. Yep. <laughs> and basically it's like, it's because, you know, your brain's not meant to, you know, think that way. I've learned to meditate in a way where I can think in a way that is super productive for mm-hmm. me writing creative wise right but it still makes sense to people yeah um and and it's also part of being consistent about it mm-hmm. finding what works meditation wise and being consistent about it and right. for me it's like 30 minutes in the morning and then 40 minutes in the evening before i go do my creative stuff right, i started right, doing yeah. creative stuff after my my evening meditation mm-hmm. because or quote unquote evening it's more evening. of the midday yeah. now midday or, yeah you know or start or second meditation we'll just call it second breakfast um, second breakfast and meditation but, right after yeah, no, that it's like yeah i use that and i it's just i found that it works um and it gets me to the right headspace i've needed mm-hmm. to be to to make stuff that people read and they say oh this is pretty good right that's well, the first time it's ever happened <laughs> but well, yeah that's like that's like what you were talking about the twenty percent and eighty percent twenty percent find that twenty percent to Find get you eighty eighty percent result. Well, it looks that's, like you're doing this. I'm working right on it. Yeah, you're yeah, working on it. Still, I'm still learning ways that to, to find it the even to even to to kind of hone in more. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I'm I'm like I'm at a place now where I feel like yeah, I've got thing. I got these things kind of almost like i wouldn't say down pat because you you know there's still more to learn and I'm right. still yeah. finding like oh shit I can do this now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so, but I think this is a great time to possibly segue into, so I, we talked about, we didn't talk about, well, I, I, I use this as a question I ask everybody at the beginning of the mm-hmm. podcast. How did we meet? Let's, let's keep this one brief though, because I, this is not a how did, how did we meet? We met well, on Kevin's film. We don't make Kevin's, yeah. yeah. Kevin's film, let's see. It was, yes, uh, the resignation. The yeah. resignation brought us together. It was interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, I didn't really. I, I feel like you don't really meet people until they t they take their masks off. And so we were outside, and then we took yeah, their masks yeah, off. I, I was like, oh, that's that's what this guy looks that's like. What the guy looks like. And then you remember their face. Yeah, and you gave me your uh, card. Yeah, and you said you you were working on this stuff. Uh, I think World War movie. Or yeah, World War like Two movie. Because I was movie. like, I need a Russian. I need some Russians yeah. for that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you're Russian. Okay, great. <laughs> but no, it was a good thing because I, I, I kept hitting you up for projects that were going on. Some got canceled, mm -hmm. but then we, we ended up on that one that we did. The, the, the no, you, I think you helped out first on <clears throat> the, you helped out first on my, my friend John's film. Yeah. Where, that yeah, I was DPing. Right, right. And yeah, you helped out on that. And that, that was good help. Thank you. I'm, yeah, no I'm problem. You were there. It was fun, it was fun hanging out with you and talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked um, talk a good amount. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, we, we had you on the, the sketch that as, as co director. Yeah. You, you thank just you. That was... fucking, you went from PA to co director <laughs> like that, man. <laughs> I know, this, is, this is how you get, you know, this guy you move up in there. Real <laughs> quick, bit. though. So I, I actually started doing this thing. I, so there's this book, um, mm -hmm. Directing Actors by Judith Weston. Oh, uh, nice. Shout out. Um, basically though, I, I've used this on m all of my narrative films, all okay. my serious things I take very seriously, right, but I'm right. going to, I'm going to be working my way into using this, these, these, these exercises and whatnot in this book on some of the sketches, the ones that I'm directing, um, behind the camera. Good. Um, but the only thing, the only thing about it is, I mean, if, <clears throat> if I'm directing using those techniques, mm. it's such a specific thing i'm aiming for a specific target right it's going it like it it you know um when it comes to it's it's going to make it what makes it hard to do that um or, or what it, it opens you up to is the realization i know what i'm doing now you know you have a, a distinct roadmap right by giving you you're thinking about directions five directions in advance mm. like a chess player right right and you're working on layering those things so and i've done I, and the reason i don't i didn't do these with sketch this thing with sketches is because it takes like an hour or more per page or out oh. around an hour okay. of deep work on it of course and right. and, and so and so that it, it lays the foundation the fertilizer for those ideas to spring forth when we're we're working on it in the on set Mm -hmm. And I like I I I just did one hour on the, this the the dinner sketch we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna direct that behind the camera. I'm gonna get some other people to act mm, and everything. But I I've, I've already started realizing some problems with the character that just doesn't make any sense. So I'm gonna have to give those directions to the actor. Right. So the the, the what I'm getting at is it's such a targeted thing, and it's like a chess master thinking five step moves ahead, and he's got to stay on that path to that to hit that objective but if somebody's coming out of left field doesn't know your plan mm -hmm. and they're giving directions to um it can it might set the and it because it's hard for an actor to hear multiple directions and 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 sometimes even if they are told you know don't listen to this person you have to say you don't have to because right. they have to have the autonomy and the choice to make that decision for right. themselves right but they might choose to go with the direction from somebody else than the director and it might veer off the track that we're trying to go mm -hmm. on. Right. So, so when it comes, I might, if you're all okay with it, I'll probably have you as like, like if you want to, if you're still interested in working on that one, probably first AD or something. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Absolutely. Um, and if you have, I, I'm still open to like, like <clears throat> ideas for directing the actors. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to show up to rehearsal um, as well, because uh, I find I have a rehearsal for that. You know, but run the ideas through my my ear. Like come, come like let me know. Yeah. And yeah. then I'll I'll filter it through that to them if it 
most likely it'll work with the right, plan. Right. I hate it. I I hate explaining that to people because it's like I'm basically say, I'm basically saying to them, I'm the director now. Shut up. <laughs> I and it, it's true. That's basically what you're saying. Right. Right. But it's like I think the chess analogy is like that's the way to explain it because like once you do this prep work, you're like Rusty Spade. Right. We saw it at, at at Chris's house at the party. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. fun. Yeah. And I'm sorry I, I didn't talk as much there because I was like, uh, by the time you got, I, when I got there, I was like, where's Stas? And then, and I was like, I wanted to, I would have been talking with you or your ear off. And then I, but then I just exhausted myself talking to everybody else. But I was on a roll with talking to Kevin uh, Oster because yeah. I was like, I want to have this guy on my podcast and I, I'm going to, I'll know what to talk about with them because, oh, yeah, because when you're talking to Kevin Oster, he just, he, 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 he he gets into like a, like a groove with talking about, oh, yeah, with, yeah. about things. He's very passionate he's, about what right, he's talking right, about, right. and it, he it, it's a uh, it's contagious. And he's knowledgeable too about yeah, a lot of different yeah. Things. He's been you doing know, it. He's been doing. I got he he been reaching out to me about films like that I've been doing, like trying to find actors like for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but um, geez, I remember the first ad I put out for actors. I I would I felt so at the time like I was like oh this is this is so like I'm, I'm doing, putting an ad out on a professional like website backstage or film.org. Yeah, film I, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, no, we're doing professional shit here oh, yeah. <laughs> compared to a lot of the, I'm not, not to knock people, but yeah, to knock people. It's like the, some of those projects, it's like, they're kind of sketchy, but you yeah. know, cause they don't, they don't do reference. They don't really feel it, but that, I'm, I'm glad they don't because it's like, I would have never, gotten to where i am now if they weren't for that like that oh, website yeah. changed the game for me absolutely being able to put ads out there back when i didn't really have the money to pay mm -hmm. for for it yeah yeah <laughs> you know yes. i was like but no it it uh so i mean so if you're cool with that and i, I hate to be like such a condescending asshole and be like i, I can you be like 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 a first ad and like but and if you have like ideas for directions you know what i'm hoping that maybe i can change that rule but like when I'm re when I read this book, I'm like, yeah. In order to do this properly, but then you you have you run into the problem of of somebody who's not in the crew not knowing that, and some right. somebody and it could be an asshole or it could be like somebody not understanding. Mm -hmm. It's like what you're trying to do is something very specific, right? And it, you know it can be derailed. Um, well, the thing is about that is basically my philosophy on this is that the people need to kind of like have the same mindset kind of like go mm -hmm. in the same direction you know like the two i mean it's good you have you have your opinion you know you have your ideas and i have my ideas but in in general we, we mash those ideas together yeah and then going in the same flow so it's like it needs to kind of like be from the start you know it starts from the rehearsals yeah you see rehearsals are important you, you start working in rehearsals to the actors with with uh director and all that stuff rehearsing 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 you see what's happening in rehearsals you do to me about 80 to 90 percent of the work on the rehearsals i think i think part of the <clears> reason <throat> we have the role of a director in something part of it i think is the limited bandwidth of being able to communicate ideas and information. Mm. Um, and also I think it's personality because I think yeah. great movies come often come from, and not always, you know, but most of the time they come, great movies come from a singular vision from somebody and, right. and they, they make sure that it, their vision is re mm -hmm. realized. Right. But 
along the way there's you know great movies are made by you know having that idea but and 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 also just but also being open to other ideas from people Mm -hmm. you know right like i do want ideas i i will thrive if you give me ideas when we're on set directing actors but just run them by me because if it if it if it runs up against something i'm trying to do like it's if it's a completely different direction from where i'm going Mm -hmm. you don't know right because it's limited bandwidth like we can't communicate via Neuralink because we don't have it yet right right but that that might be the thing it's like it's in the future when we have all these like when everybody has this ability to communicate in this like supernatural way mm -hmm. almost right right right. but with technology it's like filmmaking is going to be very different people will be just thinking intuitively together like okay we like this idea but we're not saying it out loud they're just all looking at each other thinking it yeah (laughs) and and so but it's like it's like you know in a way that's happening kind of like now if you like you know you have people on set and working and mm-hmm. looking at the camera and yeah, it's like yeah. yeah did you see that oh how did you like this you know like how did you like this camera and you you know br- bring people together and you're like oh yeah I like this angle or I like yeah. what they what this actor did there and it's uh, it's going to be that what it is now yeah it on is on a good set right but more intense mm-hmm. it's going to be taken to 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 the, it's going to be taken up to a ten to a hundred or a thousand right you know right, times right, as yeah. excuse me as much as it is now, and that's exciting because you know um, I you know as much as Kubrick is a great director my favorite is Tarkovsky Andrei Tarkovsky the Russian Tarkovsky. director my favorite one of my probably my favorite director of all time because you know he was a Kubrick he was that level of of, of visionary right but he. You know, he, he, two, like a couple things, I think, and main two ones that I've been thinking about lately is he, he involved everyone very intuitively. Um, and, and, you know, he recognized that. I, I'm sure Kubik did, but he was still a bit of a control freak. And yeah. He'd be an asshole at times, but, you know, sometimes you have to be. But I mean, it's like, I mean, he, like Andre, like, like when he was doing his film, The Mirror, the most personal one, he, everybody lived on set at this location, this house that was supposed right. to be like based on his childhood. It was his most personal film. It was, it was, it was kind of based on his childhood. And, but they got to, to wake up in the morning to the dew on the, the plants and everything mm-hmm. in the fields and, right, and, right, and yeah. see the sun hitting it and, 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 and just the smell of it every day. And, and they became immersed in that that environment that the characters of the story were living in and that was right, important right. because then the ideas for the film came from that a lot of a lot of ideas and and they worked their way into the way that the film was made right um and that that to me is like what where we'd be going with right. technology with technology yeah, yeah. But until we get there yeah, you know man. you gotta just enjoy what i'm we hoping have, that you i know? get the films i want to make done <laughs> before that i'm pretty sure you will i mean this the, is the like, main ones uh, i'm working on right now. yeah i think it's going to be like a, a hundred or so years from now i mean the technology one i mean as yeah. far as technology goes I fast mean, right now but i think i think we still enjoy because I, I in a way it's like i hope i me as an you know up-and-coming actor I, st- I still hope that i will you know um be in the movies that's not just green screen like you yeah. see like now people like oh it's just the green screen it's acting in front of a green screen yeah and we should get to like- that uh well green screen um i'm working on a comedy sketch 
No, we don't know I won't get into this. No, um, oh, the green screen? With, with uh, the green screen? No, I've, I've done, you know, I did a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it becomes pure theater when you're doing mm. a green screen thing. Yeah. I heard somebody say, um, it might have been um, Paul Daniel uh, saying this, uh, or I could be wrong. Um, and it's like, you, you have to imagine everything when you're there, but it's, I get why it's like, that's not what I do this for. Mm -hmm. when, like I, you hear like great actors, like, like I forget who was it. Um, maybe it, was, it might've been the guy you're, you were saying you were going to dress up as, uh, who was it? It might've been <laughs> him. Uh, or, no. But no, I, uh, yeah. Ian McKellen. <laughs> yeah. It might've been Ian McKellen. I can't top Ian McKellen's fashion style. <laughs> not there yet. But oh, I yeah, he's the a fishing vest. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, he, he's, he, he's one of my favorite actors, uh, all time and i mean god bless him he's he's yeah. fantastic wonderful phenomenal human being uh did so much you know um uh, for um you know community and just the you know movement and everything so but he one of the interviews i kept watching him is that he said um he was i think <clears throat> he they were filming lord of the rings and he was you know playing gandalf and mm -hmm. they were filming the scene with balarak where he's on the bridge and he said you shall not pass but it was all done in the studio. So he's, uh, and I'm just reciting what he said, but he, he's like asking Peter Jackson, all right, so what, what do I have, you know, what, what direction? He's like, oh, well, you know, you just stand here, stand in the spot. This is the mark and look at this green screen. And there's, look at this, uh, your eye line would be that uh, tennis ball up, you know? And he's just like, all right, well, what does this thing, what Balrog looks like? He's like, oh, well, we don't know. Don't worry about it. We don't know yet. We, we, we're still working on it. So just just make it up. He's just like, wow. So I don't know what yeah. that thing looks. So he said, I was just yelling at the, you know, the tennis ball. You shall not pass. And then he said the tennis ball kept like falling See, down. What? And... Yeah. What? Uh, like, so uh, back to this book that yeah. I keep mentioning. Um, it The thing with it is you do the prep work as a director an intense amount of prep work right and, it, and it's like like i said fertilizer you're laying fertilizer so that when you get on set if an actor you know in a situation like that where peter jackson is telling ian mckellen oh you just think of something that's your job as the director i mean the, the actor is it's his job as well but if you're a good director, you take it on as your own responsibility to yeah. give the actor things like, because that's a well, hard thing to come up with yeah, on the spot. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, uh, cor correct myself. He did, he did like, he said like, oh, it's going to be just like, this fire thing or whatever. Oh, yeah, not but, to shit on him. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, no. But yeah. he's, he just, they said that we don't know what it looks like yet but because he, we didn't create, we're still in yeah, the process of creating it. It's, even if you don't know what it looks like, you should... And I, I honestly, though, he's he's way busier when it comes to film. When it comes to making films, he's probably a hundred thousands of times more busy than I am on set. <laughs> um, so, of course, he's going to be his brain's going to be shot. Oh, I mean, wow. I, I, I focus on creating films in a way where I'm, I'm not going to have I'm, I'm going to still have uh, faculty left. I mean, no, not 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 usually, but no. I mean, no, it's a struggle. But I mean, I, I this skill or this thing I've I've used from this book, it's like, yeah, once you, you when you're on that set, it's like the best decision is to be able to tell know what to tell the the, the actor or you know when when you do that prep, you're not you're not going to be drawing specifically oh, to no, what you right, said to right. what you wrote in doing the prep work, mm -hmm. but it gives you the ideas on set, yeah, that yeah, are absolutely. very related and rooted in that, and right. you basically are able to say, all right, look, um think about this or, or or but you can also think of like an analogy like uh 
uh, like just you, as a director, you got to think of something that that is that evokes the emotion that you want out of him. Mm-hmm. You, you, the prep work is you figure out what emotions and stuff you want, and then you figure out okay, what can I say to get that? What's an actionable direction like mm-hmm. like a like do it as if this as if you're right. blah or right, or, right, right. or your objective is to do this or um you know. Um, I want you to and give them an action verb or some or give them a give them a verb or something mm-hmm. that that they can or you know you know you basically and it, I think it'd be an as if in that moment like like if he's giving him th- that direction on green screen you know this thing I want you to look at it and and you know this thing the as if is um I don't know if you're supposed to be scared or something as if it's jaws, the the shark, or Mm -hmm. as if it's your ex, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, like give them something that they can relate to experience wise. And if it works, you see it on set Mm -hmm. when it happens, when they do that performance, you see it in their face, you see it in their, their performance. But in a way, it's also like, I just, just bounce back off from that. I mean, there, there are different ways, right? Different styles, but there also is a lot on, um, in my opinion, on the actors as well, to just uh, to to have that work, to have that imagination, mm-hmm. to have that freedom to imagine what they have, you know, what, what they see yeah. and kind of go off the knowledge that they have and like emotionalize it because is, I feel like when the actor is um, prepared and ready, you know, yeah. to, to the work and they've done all this work when they come on set, and they've done the, their emotional preparation and their imagination and everything is working and the creativity is there. It's the work becomes with, with everything else where works becomes a lot more clear, a lot more f- like easier with the director, especially because you will see that the actor is, is, is performing as a director. It's also, you know, as, as it's supposed to look like, as it's supposed to be. And then of course there are directions, there's change on the spot because uh, on the day of shooting, what you rehearsed might not be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you you might doesn't look the same, and we're going to change a little bit here and there directions. But it's all back to the where it comes. It's all comes from the rehearsals. I feel I'm a strong person. Like I, I like rehearsing. I, yeah, the rehearsing is is where everything, the groundwork lays down, and then when you go out and shoot. You you know you perform. That's yeah, a performance. Yeah. It's just like a theater. You know, you do rehearsing, and then on a on a opening day, on opening night or whatever, you go out and you perform in front of people. And that's it. At that point, that's your performance. Same thing here is you rehearse, you rehearse, you go out on a shoot you've in, in front of green screen or whatever. That's your performance as, mm-hmm. as an actor, you know, and then everything else behind. Yeah. It. So I, I, th- I and, and I think, yeah, actors like a great actor does the, the preparation mm-hmm. themselves. But also, a great director does the great the preparation That's themselves. The, exactly. Yeah. And and so, a great actor and a great director working together, they both have done the preparation. They basically, basically by preparation, it's basically a, a way to summarize it in my my words. It's mm-hmm. you do the work ahead of time that you need to do so that you know you can bring it, regardless right. of how your fucking exactly. day is going. Yeah. yeah you have you, to. You're a professional. You show up. You're able to do it. Right. Um. So basically, you know. That's ideally you have a great director doing great the, the prep work and a great actor doing the prep work and mm-hmm. that great creates an amazing film. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah, just so many, so many. So what? And this is a we'll segue into to uh, what what got you first interested in, interested in filmmaking and acting? Okay, well, I've been uh, acting when I was in Russia. 
mm-hmm. originally. I mean, I've actually, I wanted to be an actor ever since, you know, somebody asked me when I was a little kid, what do you want to do with your life? Oh, you know, not, not yeah. that, not that significant but when I was a little kid I was like hey what do you want to do when you grow up <laughs> and I said to myself I don't know I was about like seven eight or something and I'm like um you know I want to do so many different things I don't know like I want to be a, a fireman a policeman an astronaut a scientist a, a, all this and I, and then I start thinking what is one profession that allows you to be everything acting <laughs> you're an actor you are becoming the character you're becoming whatever you you know anything you can be anything anybody yeah. and at that point i was just like yeah i want to be you know i want to be an actor so at eight the age of eight i you know i started putting like little shows for my family and stuff like this you know just reading russian literature and russian books what is it like what's the difference <laughs> between acting in russia versus the u.s well i'll i'll get to that okay. it's um when I was 12, about, yeah, 12 years old, I went into, um, I decided to take it a little bit more seriously, and I started going to the Russian uh, theater school. And I went in there for about uh, 12, 13, 14, about three years. I, I, w- I was going into, first it started as a club, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of like went into more different. And uh, well, my experience from that is Russian Acting, Russian film, Russian theater is a lot more um, theory. Is a lot more like like philosophy and stricter. I would say. I don't know. Like, well, they're both strict, but Russian is more is more technique. Is more is we we probably the first year I spent was just like imagining. I was some sort of an animal or something like this, mm-hmm. and just like trying to figure out the emotions <laughs> and all this stuff. You know, just just play around with different things and um it's yeah you you read a lot you kind of like study a lot you you go through you know you, you might be working on one thing for like six months on you know one chapter out of the book and things like that so mm-hmm. so russian is very detailed very you know because it's just so much history of like stanislavski's methods and all those other ones and um yeah, you put a lot of. You know, put what are Stanislav? Uh, Stanislav, uh, as somebody like who doesn't know a whole lot about Stanislavski's mes- methods, um, yeah. what what are they? How would you define them? <clears throat> well, I'm not like I. Let's put it this way. I mean, I know like Stanislavski. I've read about it, and uh, I haven't like really diverted much no, into okay. that. But uh, to me, Stanislavski's methods is basically um emotionalizing with the character trying to say it right bring bring your own self like bring your own emotions into the character like you're becoming it's like it's like um what's that called um Christian Bell does that. Where method acting. Method, yeah. It's like it's like it's like almost like a method acting. But Stanislavski's method is more of like it's it's a really method of different types of method. I mean, he he designed it while he was, you know, in theater. And mm-hmm. it's the the way I read about it, the way I kind of like know is just it's different. Is is different types of like theater when they put on the plays in Russian theater. 
they said, okay, this works and this doesn't work. And they were kind of like testing it out at the time. And that's where from Stanislavski's method, you have, you have born of, you know, the, the, uh, Lee Strasberg method came, came through, which is like the, the method acting. Then you have the, uh, Meisner technique came from Stanislavski. So it's all the different things. Yeah. Meisner, I did, uh, I, I read his book a while ago. And I read it again so I could fucking understand it. Oh, Meisner. You are, well, Meisner is, uh, we, we can. Uh, My friend, uh, you know, I think um, he uh, he studied a bit of it in his acting class and mm-hmm. he utilized it when we're doing uh, my film Feeding the Fighter. He, he helped uh, us get into those places. Right, right. He helped right. us get out of our heads a bit using some of the techniques. I, mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but I think you were. You were basically commenting on. You were you were repeating what the person said, mm-hmm. but you were reacting to 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 what they were the behavior to the behavior. Yeah, and, yeah, and and what it is it's basically like the way I would describe it is you're basically from from experiencing it. It was it was it was really weird how it it took mm-hmm. it separated words from emotion for mm-hmm. me. It, it 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 and words from it was separated words from behavior, right? And and it got you 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 it was automatic. You you base the person said something, you know. You look uh you look cheerful. I look cheerful. You look cheerful. I look cheerful. You look cheerful. I look cheerful. And and basically yeah, <laughs> like like I think that was right. Like yes, it is. You basically. Yes, it is. Like like what happened as we were doing that we were gradually reacting reacting to each other, to each other right? I gotta Behavior. do that again sometime. Well, that, it, that's fun. It is fun. Well, let me let me talk, <laughs> let me talk about the and uh, yeah. shout out to Baron Brown Studios and uh, my teacher Tom Patton, Charlie Boom, who uh, who I'm currently at the Baron Brown Studios mm. uh, studying Weisner uh, acting, and it's a great you know great program. Yeah. Past, this is my first year. I'm going on second year uh, next year. And we, it's Meisner and I've, you know, I'm in the process of learning that. And our first, you know, we, we did that, uh, that what you said, that's repetitions of repetition, Mm -hmm. basically what we call it is like, you say something about me, how I look, and then I repeat that. And then we, we, I try to relate to you or you try to relate to the way I said it. Yeah. And then you go, you know, And, and, and you, and you, yeah, you can get into like negative things. Like if the person kind of seems like. Like mm, yeah, like what you you said. You seem cheerful. You seem cheerful, right? I seem cheerful. Like you seem cheerful. You know, like 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 you're just. It really is about not thinking about it. Mm-mm, no, you, no, you don't think you, about you, it at you're, all. You're, yeah. you're 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 and it, and it's kind of like it's that's one of those twenty percent that gets eighty percent of the results mm-hmm. as an actor, right? And right, that's why yeah. it's such a like a successful and and well known thing yeah. method. Yeah, and um, and the thing just with the uh, with the Meisner is like the big think is basically it's uh you use in part it's part imaginary and part real so yeah. you use the part imaginary part real you use something that's relatable to you mm-hmm. like in the scene you it, you know you you kind of like um if in the scene you dog kind of like passed away like you have to you know you have to but you or or like something happened you have to relate to it to see what happened in your life that or whatever personal yeah. to you that's matter to you you got to work yeah. from that from personal and then the imaginary is the script 
So you layer basically in the script, you say like, you know, um, whatever it's somebody, well, not passed away, but it's like the dog passed away. Okay. Well, and your whatever girlfriend broke up with you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so it's like you're, you're layering different things. If in, if, if in the script, you can relate to maybe you never had, you know, dog or anything like this, but you had the other experience. So use that other experience on top of that, because <clears throat> the emotions is kind of similar. Yeah. So that's basically, it's a part real part imaginary. Yeah. It, you know, it, and I've, I've talked about, so there's a, um, the Dustin Hoffman masterclass. Right, right. <clears throat> One of the things that I learned from that, and I think I've told you this, um, and it's kind of, it's one of the th ways I think about acting a lot because um, it's it's such a, it's one of those kind of simpler approaches. It's kind of like a 20% that gets 80% of the results yeah, for me. Yeah. It's, it's um, <clears throat> you basically, you know, like like you would mention how Marlon Brando would be you know, talking to an electrician or, or, or a gaffer or somebody, you know, on mm -hmm. set and just talking to them and having a conversation, you know, like Marlon Brando would just very aloof. Right. And then the director would say, all right, we're rolling Brando, you know, mm -hmm. we're rolling. And he'd just still be talking to the person and it was like, all right, we're rolling. And then he'd just like he was talking to the person or, you know, he would go and talk to the actor. Um, not even just, just as naturally as he was just the same way. Um, but I mean, of course, I think that it's a mixture of that. Plus, you got to ask yourself, what's the reality of the scene? You know, what's right. what kind of direction will get you, you know, like if it's a scene where, you know, you're supposed to, where you're getting stabbed, you're not going to talk to them like you were just talking to them. Like, oh, no, you, no. You know, you got to you got to kind of layer in a bit <clears throat> of what, you know, you know, you like uh, of the reality of the situation. To right, it. right. Um. And you, you, you know, especially like I, I kind of instinctively do that when I, whenever I'm acting, like, like I, 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 I find, I find that I find it through rehearsal by, by myself at least. Yeah. Like I always have to rehearse the script because that's how I find how I perform the character mm -hmm. automatically. Right. You just go through the script and you're thinking, okay, this is what's going on in the scene. And what, like, when, uh, like, like in the, the cop sketch we do, uh, I, I, I come into the car and I'm, I, I, you know, I, I've just rehearsed through the entire script and I kind of, I'm getting, I do it like start to finish sometimes so I can feel the, the rage building mm -hmm. as I go through the scenes of, you know, I just lost my badge and now, now right. I got to find it. And I'm like, give me my, you know, like, give right, me the badge, right, right. you know? And then, and then, and then, you know, I find that, you know, I also find the comedy as I'm doing it, like, okay, you know, I, yeah, there's the reality. I'm here for my badge. But then right. he's like, you want a donut? And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, like, that's like, that's like, that's that. like a curveball. I'm like, donut yeah, I'm like, right. really? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I love it. But it's a part of like, you know, being comedy, you know, being yeah. a comedic you got, Yeah, you have to figure like... out like what's funny. And then, but yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, they were free. That's a, that's a privilege reserved for us, not you. And so, yeah, like the, because he's a fisherman, he stole my badge and that's how he got right, the donuts. Right, right. Um, and basically, um. Yeah, so I I look for like I'll rehearse um uh, and and for a while I was actually thinking about not rehearsing for my serious projects again. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rehearse you have, because yeah, I I you know I realize 
you know, when I'm doing these sketches, I and this is why I kind of want to get back into directing them <clears throat> from behind the camera. Right. I want to take the because uh, I'm trying to make my sketches. They started out kind of as something I was doing on my own, just acting my, them myself. Right. So I was doing very, very minimalist, you know, a, a very, very minimal, minimalist approach to them. And now I'm like, I'm doing these pretty seriously now. I want to get more serious. And that's why I'm reading my book. For directing actors, for directing actors, yeah. I might be doing like five to ten hours of prep work for how to direct the actors for that, but it's going to be a m much better. Oh, like, yeah. like you saw yeah. Rusty Spade. Yeah, it's going to be was, that level of acting. That was a great level for yeah. for, for the sketches from absolutely. So yeah. it, the, this cop one doesn't have that, but it's going to. But then again, we don't, you're gonna you, you give great direction, so it's going to be better Thank than you. what I've done, I think. <laughs> but you know. Um, so and yeah, you were well, super helpful. You know, having having you on set, like uh, your clutch. So no, you know, I'm, I'm, you. I look forward to the 17th. You're still so good for that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna absolutely. film the, the rest have of that. To, like uh, grow the mustache back or yeah. buy one from there. <laughs> Do whatever you you know. You don't have to have anything. Like yeah. like if you want to keep it like clean shaven, it's just if you want it for com comedic effect. Yeah, you know? yeah. We'll um, figure out some. um but that's uh my my thing for with you is uh question for you is like do you do the daydream preparation do you know about daydream no no what is that this is basically is um i'm not giving anything away but is when you go into a scene you got to be emotional already you got to be emotionally prepared so the way you prepare yourself is you do a daydream and the daydreaming is basically you are get yourself so you practice emotions, say happy. You go back and you start thinking about the something happy. You you start imagining, like say for example, you you want to you know you're about to win an Oscar mm -hmm. nomination, and then you, you you start thinking, okay, I'm going to start my daydream. But for a scene, you have to be you know you have to be happy for the scene. Your character is happy, but you yeah. got to get yourself really emotionally happy. So you start with the. You basically, okay, I'm getting out in the car, out of the car. I'm here with my significant another person, my family, my friends. I'm walking down the red carpet. And then I see, you know, um, Tom Cruise there. I, I see, you know, Scarlett Johansson. I see yeah. other people, you know, I meet, I greet, I go into the room, I sit down, you know, we, the, the Oscar music starts playing and I'm like excited. I, I got nominated. I don't know if my name is going to come up or anything like this. And then all of a sudden your name comes up. Mm -hmm. And you won. Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man! So now I'm gonna go up to the stage. I'm happy. I'm excited. I get up to the stage. I pull out my piece of paper, giving the speech. And then I remember my my father or my mother or whoever my grandmother, who like really believed in me and they wanted to see me on the stage, but they not here anymore. You, with must me be, and you have to be stuff. really happy in this you're, scene, don't well, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta be right, exactly. <laughs> and then the moment you get yourself emotional, see like you you emotionalize, you're thinking, you're imagining all this stuff in your head and you, you're emotionally getting happy. And okay. at the moment where you already emotionally reach that level, scene starts. And then you walk into the now. Room. Is this something you use for rehearsal, or is it something you use, you use it on all the time? Okay. You use it rehearsal. You use on stage, especially like rehearsals. Okay. is where you find out what works, what doesn't. When you okay. go out there and you start shooting and making film, that's how you know. Our that's a very teach involved us. approach. It's now, a very involved. I feel like I, if I were to do that, there's a chance that I would it would work a little bit at first, and mm -hmm. then I'd be like, all right, I need to eighty six this because it, it, it's not really doing that much for well, me because I I go back into the groove of what I 
think I should be doing for the character. I don't know. Right. Well, it's I not, could be wrong. It's not, I, could, it's, I, I might want to try sometime. Yeah, it's not really like what you got to do for, for a character because your character comes from you, you mm -hmm. know? You are the character. So, mm -hmm. like, you, you can, you know, just like, oh, you know, the characters, um, I guess, play him this way or play that. No. You are finding connection with the character. Mm -hmm. You to fine-tune those emotions. You fine-tune the things that make you similar to the character. Yeah. And and then and then you magnify them because you want to bring realism. So you bring yourself to the character. But that's where with the emotional mm -hmm. with uh, the daydream you come to the scene and the scene starts. You go in, you forget about your daydream, you start playing moments. Yeah. And that's where, where that's where the script is already there. You already know your lines, you know who you got who your person is. And you're just playing emotions without the character, but you are emotionally already and emotionally available. And that's where that, that, that work happens. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. It's um, one, I'm yeah, sure there's, there's, there's at least there's 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 Osberg. I mean, there's yeah, so many. Yeah, because there's so many yeah. different people who came up with methods and then tried to make Absolutely. money from them. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business. I know. No, no. It is. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's not just, it's not a business. It's not just business. Yeah, it's an no, art. It's an know? art. And there, it's yeah. an art. Yeah. There's and there are people ways. who, you know, they do it because they, they teach people because they want to get the, you know, help people. Oh yeah. You know, with yeah, their career. Right. right. So Absolutely. you recently, and this was actually one of my softball early questions, but I'm going to ask you, you mm -hmm. recently did a project where you wrote it and then you also directed it, correct? And you acted in it. I didn't, I uh, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily directed, but you wrote it and you acted in it, right? Um, because Chris Cole DP'd yeah, it. Yeah, Chris Cole DP'd it. Um, got to have him on the podcast. He's yes, a nice I dude. do. Yeah, he's. I great. actually he's got to really fully meet him. He's he's a great guy. Like, once you get to oh, like, yeah, meet yeah, yeah. I, I all I knew was the guy who was wearing a mask all day on set. Like, on I, set I, right. That's what I hated. The mask is the mask. It's like it depersonalizes people. That's unnecessary. But yeah, it was it was just plus a, he, was, he was really focused on, yeah, the, was on focused. the day we were filming. But yeah, it was me and my 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 friend Cameron uh, night. We both decided to uh, put something together for our reels, basically, and yeah. um, that's how that's how resignation that's started. How resignation started. Yeah, right, exactly the same thing. So we asked Chris, and he was very helpful to um, do that for us, and uh, also Leslie to mm. do the sound oh, yeah. for us. And it was just four of us. It was at my house. <clears throat> we did it in the living room. We did a setup and everything that looks like what we needed to look like. And yeah, it's like a two, three minute sketch. It's a it's a sitcom. It's a little light comedy. It's about mm. um, basically two college two two guys who just graduated college and they they randomly roommates with each other and um, they're basically trying to find a way you know through this life the post post graduate mm -hmm. life but this scene in particular is basically uh cameron's character was trying to ask me my character uh to teach him something about baseball because mm -hmm. he's going out with this girl that he just met who's mm -hmm. into baseball and he didn't want to like look like a fool basically <laughs> so that was the whole premise of this <laughs> and we're just going exchanging words did, did the comedy like come out of how did, how did the comedy come out of that were you were you a character where you were basically like was he making your life hell asking you all these damn questions it was in the was way yeah it? it was part of it it was part of it like yeah that's how I, mean, I would try to find the comedy when i write it yeah, because like like there's a there's this concept uh, that I read about in this comedy uh, writing book. I forget what it was called. Um, <clears throat> I probably put it on the screen. Um, basically, you there's it's not this isn't this is different from the straight line um, straight 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 man right. uh, versus you know this is the this is called straight line wavy line. Mm. And it's the opposite of what the straight line man okay. thing is, or or it's different. 
right, right. straight line character is going gung ho forward towards one line of action. Right. And the wavy line character is trying to work with them. So like, you know, imagine this, like this person's going this way and this guy's kind of, you know, weave, weave you know, through, yeah. so kind of, you know, keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny because he's making life hell for this character who's got to do all this. Right. 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 That's where the comedy <laughs> comes in this character. You know, like, I got to deal with this. Yeah. Like, like imagine somebody's like, you know, uh, like the, the, the ghost hunter sketch I did is like a good example for me. Um, it's basically, I'm the straight line character. And also Darlene is a straight line character. We're both straight line characters. And my focus is to make money selling <laughs> like bullshit ghost hunter right. products. Like, oh, I'll, I'll get rid of your ghost for you. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, there are ghosts in this house. Yes, like, yes, you know, yes. you, you paid me to, like, you had to, they had to pay me to do it, to do all this. But the thing is his wife, the, uh, David's character's wife is believes in it. Right. And, so he and and that's his, that's his wife and so he's got to like you know he wants to keep the relationship you know their marriage, the marriage good going, so yeah. it's like he's got to he's got to humor this he's got to deal with this you right, know right 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 he's got he's got to listen to his wife and 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 try to calm her conscience so and and every every time i'm just like yeah like 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 showing them it, ridiculous 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 piece of of evidence okay. after another and then each time she's like 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 i'm i'm getting i'm getting to her though and then and he's like trying he's like it's obviously fake are you kidding me like no no like is that our what what is what is that breaking oh oh the ghost tried to break your dishes i didn't get it on camera (laughs) he's like he's like you broke our dishes no unfortunately i have a camera in the room it's like like uh it's like oh really it's like oh well you didn't buy the pretty the premium package (laughs) yeah right right yeah but uh but no it's like straight line and multiple characters can be a straight line multiple characters can be a straight wavy line oh yeah or, or and some can and i like when it, it when it's complicated when two characters I, I try to do things where it's like two characters are straight line all like a bunch of characters are straight lines in, in one aspect mm-hmm. but they're wavy line in others that's right. where it gets really yeah, cool that's where, right um like the the dinner sketch that we're going to be doing mm-hmm. that's a very complicated one there's i think there's multiple characters who are more than one thing in certain yeah, a- in certain yeah, scenes yeah. or certain aspects of what's going on right and so that's what the, that and that and, and you can get the more nuance you the, once you understand that concept and you make you write something where there's a character doing one thing they've got one objective mm-hmm. um or just one line of behavior or action right. that is you know moving this one direction and it's like then the other person's got to deal with it if you can create that dynamic it is it, it it creates comedy very easily right yeah i learned that years ago trying to like figure out how do i make this funny like how do i make these scenes funny um and yeah. i just you know i i you know work with that and so um and yeah. that that's a way i've uh here's a way to segue that's a way i've evolved is <laughs> is learning how to do that how right you, how have you evolved as a person wait, wait i cut you off sorry oh no 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 i mean i was just like saying that's it's always the comedy to me is like you you're trying to you know, you make fun of like simple things, you know, like, and, and sometimes the simple things that turn into being a little bit more ridiculous. Mm. So you, you find that way of kind of like exploring or exposing that side of, you know, I guess a person or humanity or something that's like, you know, yeah. you're, you're kind of like a little bit putting, putting that behavior on the, on the display a little bit, which, yeah. which is, you know, with some, 
sometimes we, you know, we do some silly stuff. And, and then there was uh, Kevin was telling me on the podcast. I think I think that mm-hmm. he he talked to like a, he was trying to he's trying to shop around his animation project that he was working right. wrote yeah yeah and turned into a kids book. And he's you know one of, he was trying he, he was talking about how he didn't know if it was like if he was funny. But some of the one of the person one of the people there like one of the exe- these uh, people he was having a meeting with in Hollywood mm-hmm. said you know a high level person I don't know who but it was like probably maybe not somebody we know um, but it was like because uh, I don't know who but it was like um, no offense if they are high somebody that people would know I, I, I don't mean know. I really he didn't tell <laughs> there's me so who. many old. but it was like you know he he basically said. You know, they they basically said, you know, oh well, don't worry about it because the 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 comedy comes from the actors. The actors bring it to the right. sketch. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's partly true, but I think that's ignoring the fact that they probably they might not have been a writer because I think mm-hmm. as a writer you're supposed to build that into the story. Oh yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. That's that's like that should be the very foundation if right. you're doing a comedy. Right, and there's like uh, you knowing know, how to do that. Back back to uh, you know, Ian McKellen. He said like if or so, or even other actors always say that like hey if the writing is good that's you know that's a half of a you know job for us really but yeah. sometimes you bring the bad script and then the, it's actors work to make to make it a good one you know so yeah it's and like, sometimes a lot of times i think they can't even even if they do their best it's still yeah, a, it's still yeah and, and it's like but if you're an actor and you're you're tied to that it's like well you're gonna have to make the best of what you got best. exactly and i think yeah. they just say that to themselves because they know it's gonna fucking suck, or it might not. They I might, might they not. They might think it's it gonna. Might, sometimes things they yeah. you think it's well, gonna suck, but it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Or like, they hear, hear about that. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I feel like though, like with with any projects, you go into the the thing. It's like you know, okay, if I'm doing it, you know, we gotta we're gonna make it great, and then whatever the yeah, results yeah. outcome happens, I I don't have a control. Yeah, it's of the a outcome. good way of going about it. I have I have a, a control of the process of how am I gonna perform, how am I gonna do things, yeah. what but. This, you know, so many being things a professional, about. you know, I'm being professional. Yeah. So, how have you, um, how have you evolved as a person or an art or you know, some some way that you well, have you have you do you feel like you you've noticed something over the gradually change over time? Yeah. Well, I mean, as the back to your, um, you know, other one where where you said like, how did I start with acting? Mm-hmm. Um, if I just go back into a little bit that and then segue yeah. into this question is yeah. that. Uh, you know, after I, I came to United States when I was 15, it was 2005, I think 2005, 2006, somewhere in October. Mm-hmm. And, um, I knew I wanted to do acting like right away. You know, I, I mean, obviously from the background, Russia and then United States, I'm like, Hey, this is, this is the land. This mm-hmm. is, this is where it's ha- all happened. So, but I went to, you know, I started doing high, when I went to high school, I joined the drama club and then I started doing, um, you know, acting and drama club, uh, did some plays in theater and, uh, not knowing now I didn't know much language. I did not know English as uh, a lot. And I had a really heavy accent. Everything is, is happening. And, um, I, after finishing my sophomore year, I got a role in the musical. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a, it was a supporting role. It was uh, Andy, the choreographer. I did the 42nd street and it was the lines in there and script. So I went in there and I, um, we did the performance. I did the, you know, um, a good job. I hope <laughs> after, after all this, I'm still thinking, let's say it this way I did, sure but did. it was, um, 
after the first show, uh, there was this uh, older gentleman came up to me and he was like, he's a, a theater veteran, was you know Ooh. through the area. And he, he, sh- he, he shook my hand and he said, you did a phenomenal job tonight. Oh, that's good. And I was like, man, nice thank you so much. I mean, that that kind of like elevated me, you know, I was like, wow, this is great. This is like really nice. This I'm, I guess I'm going somewhere with it. Even though at the time when I did the musical, I honestly maybe like I knew what was going on maybe like 70% because my English was not that yeah. good I memorized everything in English all the stuff I I kind of thought about it but now I'm looking back at it and I was just like oh this is what this this was really all about yeah. <laughs> but you know back then it was just like kind of like you're going through you're you're doing what you're supposed to do as, a, as an actor you're imagining the world you're doing all this stuff but yeah he <clears throat> and I was just like okay this is my this is what I need to do and then later down the road, you know, I did continue doing plays in, in, in high school. I went to Walnut Street Theater, took classes there. I did all this stuff. Then I went to college and I stopped doing acting because now my priority switched. I was doing yeah. sports. Later, 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 when I um, got injured I uh, from weightlifting, there was a, a Creed 2 was shooting. And I decided to audition for that. And I, I got, a, you know... It was just a, Which, a what was it? Creed two. Creed. Creed. Creed two. Creed two. Yeah, okay. We're shooting. Oh, so yeah. a lot of people I know. So I I I know that my Kevin. friend played the lifeguard who saves his. No, no. Wait. No, I'm thinking about Glass. <laughs> oh, Glass. Yeah, yeah. Glass was filmed there too. <laughs> no, yeah. Creed two. You know. Two. People, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. shoot. I'm mixing up movies. No, but Ke- Kevin was in that one. Ke- Kevin Oster, I think he was yeah. in Creed two. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I was uh, I was doing the Russian VIP attendee there, so I was like on the second. Oh, you can see me there for like two seconds. I see that. I gotta watch it and look for stuff. <laughs> you see me like for like two three seconds. You gotta show me this screenshot. Yeah, I gotta show you. That's great. But yeah, uh, and that pulled me back into acting so now i took this giant break while i was in college and doing sports all that stuff and i was just like you know i want to give it a shot again Mm -hmm. and i started doing i went back to Lawrence street theater and i continued to honing my skills there at the at the um, film class and i met my teacher drew mcdaniel there mcdaniels and then um i started doing classes with her after Walnut Street Theater if, with her, with her studio. And that kind of led me into, uh, you know, different other different projects that I was doing, like smaller, you know, not really anything big or anything like that, but it gave me like um, skills and experience working on different sets and doing different things. And then it, I got into the Baron Brown studio and that's where I'm in right now, studying Weisner Technique. So it's like the journey that I've made as an, as an artist, I guess, is um it it cha- it from where i was in high school to where i am now i've learned a lot of different things that i didn't know when i was in high school i didn't know when i was kind of like after my injury i started doing things mm-hmm. I, I didn't know specific specific things as an actor how to get into more into character and things like that because i was thinking oh you just imagine and you just try to be this person and it's not a lot. And now since I'm in, you know, officially in, in training for, with Meisner technique, it blew my mind so much that I, things that I didn't know back then, now I learn and, and evolve. And I was just like, this is so much, it, it involves a lot more work than I thought it was. Yeah. So I guess your question was, how did how, I- How have you evolved? Yeah. And, and 
that that's that's an that's a way of answering it. Um, but, or, or, or and then another version is like what is there is there something that you feel like even in the last year or two mm -hmm. that you've noticed an improvement in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like if you like, do you want me to give you an example of something I for me? Yeah. Yeah. Like, go I ahead. Think for go me, first. I. Uh, I've found things about my writing and stuff that that has improved. But I, I've also noticed the way I conduct myself with meeting people and talking to people because you know mm -hmm. two years ago I hadn't I don't even if it was two years ago it was mm -hmm. twenty eighteen I hadn't yeah this day two years ago or no no this year this day three years ago it was before I I had written my film feeding the fire i had or i was writing it actively then i think i started in july right i just after in like july the beginning of july i i had finished writing a project that um spent i spent eight months on it was different from the this bigger project i want i've been working on for years mm -hmm. um it was after I wrote a 400 page manuscript for that, this bigger project I spent a year and a half on pages. and then took a break on and then spent eight months writing it, turned it into a 400 page manuscript just, just to get, I went from developing for an, a year and a half to eight months of just burn through writing it. Wow. And it was, yeah, it's amazing. I plan to make it into like either a two film thing or a mini series, like a, a limited series. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, and I could talk about like how I've evolved to get to, uh, to I feel to the point where I feel comfortable actually working on it again, mm -hmm. because I feel like I I'm as I'm a writer, I'm actually a, a level of my writing where I feel like I can actually pull it off the way that I I hoped I could. Right. I realized I, that's why I put it aside because I knew I wasn't as good a writer as I wanted to be to accomplish it right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I so and then I tried to work on something else, got feedback from somebody, and I I should have got feedback from more people than him. So mm -hmm. I could realize that the, the direction he was taking me because he was a fucking pothead at the time. <laughs> I don't hang out with him anymore. But it's just like he just gave me this advice. and I went with it. Or I, I thought I was. And then I didn't find out until eight months or six months later that it was not what he meant. <laughs> and mm -hmm. not only that, it just when I got feedback from somebody else, it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like yeah. This is garbage <laughs> right 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 and I, and I could never produce it today like i wouldn't even know how to rewrite it um because just it just doesn't work um mm -hmm. it's not even f like ha the everything i added isn't funny right and right. Uh, i think i just also changed my writing process then yeah. to like writing on paper and that just doesn't work for me for yeah. some reason i need i need to do it digitally Digital um but it's yeah it's so basically i was like shit out of luck and then i you know worked on you know, I was like talking with some friends at the time and giving, getting feedback from like, well, is this idea for a film good until I got an idea that mm -hmm. was working. And then I went and wrote it, wrote like an outline for it, got feedback on the outline until like I fleshed it out each scene and then right. kind of fleshed things out as I wrote the entire script based right, on the outline right, right. and based on the feedback from the outline. And I got feedback from people and feedback on that feedback. And and then that was a way of of never letting it happen again where i was i would spend a long time writing something just to find out it sucks before mm. i even start making it as yeah. a film and you can you can figure out i think you can figure out how people will receive something early 
if you if you just if you if you get feedback along the way right you don't have to go make a film and find out after you make the film and spend millions of dollars on it that it sucks or or possibly you you can possibly you can uh, yeah it's, it's, i'm still open to that possibility yeah. <laughs> i try to mitigate as much as I <laughs> right, can. right 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 but you know, it, I think it's 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 harder to make something bad when you may, I get when you get feedback. I think it, mm. and uh, from from like along along the writing process. Right. Um. Now whether it's a hit or not is a big. It's a whole other thing. That's an outcome. Whether something sucks, right, can be figured out from the script. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People often know. Actors know. Right. Actors often know if they're working on a shitty script. Yeah. I find because I get a, I, all my friends who are actors are the people who give me feedback right now. Mm. Um. And or maybe I'm getting the wrong feedback. I don't know. I'm I mean, <laughs> no, I think I'm getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting good feedback from people. Um, but it's like, um, but uh, you know, yeah. So I back then, and then once I got it done, I was like, all right, great. Now how am I going to make this? Because I want to act as this character. Mm -hmm. I was at the pure point where uh, I was at the point where I didn't know anything about film.org or any website or any way of getting into the film industry. Right, right. I didn't even know that there was a film industry for Philly. Well, I knew it. I knew it at one point. Like I, I had I've been a PA through my video production class on a, on a this crazy like Civil War film mm -hmm. that still has not been completed. It's still wow. They shot it all, and then when like a year went by that they had to reshoot some stuff because it had to be in like the spring or something. And uh, it's yet to be ed like 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 wow. like released or put. I don't know Did what the. I I I, I, I intend to reach out to the guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. But I'm I'm I, I maybe it's my my assumption is maybe he was. May I don't know. I really don't. Wow. He he. I don't. I I personally I could be wrong. Yeah. But it feels like it's procrastination. I mean, it's because it, I mean they had they had fucking like legit cinema cameras they had like a, a the steady cam guy wow, who was like like all they had a fucking cannon a cannon <laughs> a real cannon it was wow. the coolest it oh was the God. i still think about it today like I, yeah. it was such a cool experience but i've never heard about it it's, it's not done it's it, probably i know all the editing because i know i remember him something. posting about it recently like yeah. oh we're you know it's fine we've got i'm finally getting the edit to where i want it to be I'm right like, what <laughs> it's still being edited i'm like like I I I I mean, I it I don't think it my the films I've made yet are going to be anywhere as good as that. I could be wrong. Um, but I know like like but I'm like, I get but I get shit done. I get projects out the door. Right. Right. You know I I I I spent a long time figuring out for myself wh what do I have to do so that I can finish things and get it, finishing things is an art. Oh yeah. You have to. Yeah, you, it requires discipline, and it also requires self, yeah, that self, self knowledge yeah. of what what is your what is your aptitude for for or for acceptability. Mm -hmm. You know, you have right. to have an aptitude or some way of measuring. Okay, is this good? Is this done? And you and it, it comes from your gut. Right. When your gut tells you it's ready, it's like, all right, listen, to your gut, put it out there, put it out there, get right. it used, get used to it, and if it and it'll, it, you know what. Here's the thing. It will suck in mm. some way that you're not foreseeing yet. Yeah. Or you do foresee and you realize, but it's out of your control. But it's out of control, right. Go make another project. Mm -hmm. Go work on something else. Learn from your mistakes. Right. Don't spend five, no, six, no, we're on to almost seven years where that thing, seven years, it, it was, was 2014. Seven this, years? 2014, oh this thing was God. fucking shot. Jeez. 
<laughs> get that shit out there, man. <laughs> if you're listening, to I'm gonna, this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna message because, but no, I'm, I'm, gr- I'm grateful to him though because he's the reason I learned about film.org. Mm-hmm. Right. If I hadn't, if I hadn't got a message from him, yeah, you know would. about, you know, like I, I reached out to him because he was the only person I knew in filmmaking, and I asked him. I wonder if I should cut that out because I said his name. Nah, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna give him. Sh- uh, I mean, I, I don't talk to him that much, but yeah. <laughs> he'll never find. To- yeah, he'll he'll never that. find this unless I I send the the clip to him. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he, I asked him, you know, hey, do you want to like possibly shoot this or something? Because I or do you know anybody, you know, who could possibly film this? Because I can't film it myself if mm-hmm. I'm in it. And we're right, planning to go to like right. a theater. We'll only have it for a limited amount of time. I couldn't set it up on a tripod, do all this crap stuff I want to do, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, just film.org. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. And it okay. changed my world. Yeah, I went yeah. from knowing nothing and knowing not how to like find anybody. I, I knew that some people found ads like cra- mm-hmm. Craigslist ads and were able to use that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have been the best approach. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know. I don't know. I can't vouch for Craigslist. Yeah. I haven't done it, used that. But my you friend know, used to use it in college when he was buying auto parts sophomore year. I was just like, I mean, I mean, for film, finding film gigs, I know there are some serious film gigs that you can find from that, but it's like, you know. Yeah. But I wasn't gonna be able to pay for it. I don't think I have no idea how much it costs. But yeah. probably I probably would have been able to. But I wouldn't. I wasn't willing to dish out that much money. Yeah. Then. But then you know you got those backstage. You got actors access. I didn't know about them until backstage, until yeah. I worked with somebody who well, told this, me about it. Same thing with me. I didn't know about backstage until I uh, started doing the Wall, Wall, you know Wall Street Theater again. Yeah. And wait, to anybody who's watching this, like if you're in the Philly area, especially like film.org is a website dedicated to like Philadelphia filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I know that more New York too. I, I forget. I think there's yeah, probably other, uh, other, uh, 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 states. Um, but, and then there's backstage.com, which is for anywhere. Backstage is, is nationwide. It's, it's, yeah. it's worldwide. Actually. Yeah. Basically. So on there. if you need actors. You're not shit out of luck. Just go to there and post an ad. It's like twenty five bucks per project. Right. Um. You're gonna get. I got like a like a hundred submissions at least on a project. Oh wow, hundred. Yeah, oh, a hundred something. That's a lot. Um. I think I could be wrong, but or was it seventy something? Or I think Still, it, was like, it was a lot. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought you could get you like get seven, a eight. I was like, seven, you, two, no. Whoa. Film dot org. You get like you may get like sometimes you get like eight in a week or twenty mm-hmm. in a week. But now, but then again, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but like, yeah, backstage, yeah, I get, you get like a hundred or something, and and it's like, it, it depends, I guess, what you write about on the project. Um, but it's, oh yeah, you know that that's the thing. It's like you, it it changed me as a person. It made me evolve doing those using film.org or like mm-hmm. backstage and putting an ad out there and getting people who. You know, to tr- like, like people just like uh, the kind of people you get from that aren't people you meet in high school or no, college. No, no. Right. They're people who are just super cheerful. They're very like motivated individuals because they wouldn't have reached out to you if they weren't motivated. Right. Usually. Exactly. usually. Yeah. That's usually. the case. Yeah. Um, and, and I became a more, I just came a better version of myself. I feel from, from osmosis, from from talking to these mm-hmm. t- these people, working oh, yeah. with them, making films with them, and just Absolutely. and becoming friends with a lot, a lot of what? most of my friends now, I'm pretty sure, like are people I met from from, from film dot org or, or backstage or, or people yeah, like David. The- I he was a last minute replacement for a character in Rusty Spade, mm-hmm. and 
then afterwards he's like oh like after we the filming it was a rough fucking day i was ready yeah. i was gonna go home you know cry about no, i'm just kidding <laughs> i was i was ready to go home and just kind of you know like you know eat something right, do whatever right, right. and then he's like yo you want to go get some ice cream because earlier left at the rehearsal there's like a we went back to the rehearsal place and and there was an ice cream parlor like right down the road it's not right. there anymore but it was like he went down there during rehearsal to you know when there was a break when we didn't need him yeah uh, when when his character quote or spoiler alert died <laughs> um or, go watch rusty spades basically yeah go check out find, rusty spade find them or i gotta YouTube. i gotta change the title back to rusty spade it's it's oh, three it's men a... you know fine i i some explanations i was testing out using a description of the film oh, yeah, a quick yeah. one as a title just to see if that would get more views but basically yeah, he was just like, yeah, you want to go get some ice cream and just talk shit, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> or like, or just, you know, talk, talk, talk like, like talk, talk shop, shop, you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And that, that started our friendship because I learned, oh, he, he does, he's a machinist. He does, mm -hmm. he does, um, he does like 3D printing. And at the time I was ordering part 3D parts for exorbitant amounts of money that I shouldn't yeah, have yeah, been yeah. and wasting money for parts for this thing I I've been designing his product. And he's like, yeah, I could, yeah, I could print those for you for cheaper. And, I, and, and now I like, he's printing parts for this thing. He already printed parts for me, but we're, we're reprinting them doing a, a different color. Nice. Um, but it's, uh, I can't go into it on the podcast. Um, but, uh, basically, um, I wonder if I said any, I wonder if I said too much about it. No, I don't think so. That's all right. But, um, basically, yeah, just said something about the color. Um, but basically it's like, we uh yeah we, i mean we, we we i met i send him memes all the fucking time <laughs> like i i talk he's one of the people i talk to most now so um and yeah so and i i i like that i have all these best friends that i've been meeting meeting mm -hmm. or meeting for, for for through through uh film like for filmmaking resources finding oh, people yeah, yeah. and and just and and through making films and 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 getting to work with them right. on projects and and you know and and also part of like working with people is like I, loyalty is a big thing for me mm. um is it it's 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 a it's a big deal to me loyalty and honesty it's like i'm so what that means is you know if i'm this is why i use people a lot i reuse people a lot for projects is because it's like you know if you're you know, willing, if you, you know, those who are more, most willing to work on my projects mm -hmm. and, you know, like right now it's a lot of volunteer projects, so right. they're not getting paid right. for the most part. And it's like, but, you know, I, I get, you know, I, like, like I, I reward them by giving them more stuff to work mm -hmm. on and because I enjoy working with them yeah. too. It's like, yeah. you know, so, um, but yeah, um, you're going to say but, something. No, no, no. Yeah. But that's like, back to your point is, is, you know, working, meeting people and the, the one of the best things, what I, what I love about this acting and filmmaking and everything is that no matter what the projects you're working on with the people that you work on, they all passionate mm -hmm. about the work. They're all passionate about what you're doing. So it's not like everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to help each other and collaborate and, and be involved and do their best. And nobody's there saying, oh, when is it going to be time to go home? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, not all of them. Yeah. I no, mean, there are, but, but I, don't, I haven't had that a lot. No, no. But it, it's, it's, it's the, it's, I think this one, the 
filmmaking in theater is the one um, job or, you know, one thing that is just is is always going to give back. And mm -hmm. it's never is it's, it's never uh, boring. It's never it's always you will never find the person who doesn't want to be there. You know, you, you'll always find people who, yeah. <laughs> who want to help, who want to collaborate. And it's like, it's like we're working together to create yeah, this beautiful thing. The people like, like it, you got to think about it as a filter, like filters. It, mm -hmm. These websites where you find people who reach out to you, you know, right. for film jobs or, right. or, you know, you know, film gigs or, or, or acting roles, especially actors. It's like, or all of them, they're reaching out to you because they want, to they wanted to do this and mm -hmm. and and it's like and also they're motivated and and usually they're also very nice people oh and yeah it's like yeah there there's so many filters like the the filter is why would somebody reach out to that to you why, why would somebody even be on that website i didn't know about it until i met until uh, i only i didn't know about that unless i knew some unless i knew my friend who right. told me about it so it's it's a word of mouth thing from people who like, and, and you don't tell somebody you don't like working about or working with mm -hmm. who's not in the film industry. Right. Right. About this website where you can go to find, find film jobs or whatever. Yeah. It's like you, you tell that to the person you want in you that want industry. In mm -hmm. yeah. So, exactly. you know, it's, it's, there's all these different filters in life that, that, you know, and, and, and I also, I, I, you know, I, I've started it's one another way I've evolved and I'll, I'll switch the thing, conversation over you with another question. Mm -hmm. Um, but and my evolving one, one of the ways I'm kind of trying to evolve is the way I interact with people, um, through these, these, mm -hmm. these resources, these outlets. Like I, when I have an out, ad out the very beginning, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So when I got all these emails, I was like, all right, I got to respond to them with an individual long email about everything, mm. about the, everything they need to know. Right. And then do like an hour long phone call with each of them. <laughs> it's a lot. And, uh, that, that quickly it changed. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially when I got like a hundred something, re you know, responses for, to one ad and yes. I had to, I had a deadline mm -hmm. to start filming i had right. to, i had the oh, few weeks to audition and i went i i was working with somebody and they, they had they showed me the traditional auditioning process mm -hmm. which is bullshit basically you sit behind a table right in a room and you have people come in have them do it get and and then try to make their life as stressful as possible and, and be like very like condescending <laughs> and basically you know m you know you're like 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 legit like i, I was right, told right, you're right. supposed to make it as stressful as possible because it's going to be stressful on set mm. no 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 it's not if you're if you're if you're if you're a filmmaker and knows what the fuck you're doing i think you're making a very mm -hmm. relaxed set do you know one of the thing the the, the on the dark night one of my favorite movies mm -hmm. What I heard from from the guy who played Gamble, uh, the guy who the Gamble. Joker slits his oh uh, yeah 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 his yeah. mouth with, yes. or whatever with like the blade, with the blade. He sticks the blade in his mouth. Mm -hmm. He was talking about working with Heath Ledger and and what it, like that set was like, and he he would ask Christopher Nolan questions, and Christopher Nolan had a million things on his mind at the time, like mm -hmm. a million things going on, you know. Oh huge yeah, absolutely, fucking movie, a huge dude. movie you got. And and Christopher Nolan would be like very nice and be like, you know. You know, like he would ask him, like, like, it, it, why does he have a British accent? Is is he from Britain, or like, if he's in America, like, mm -hmm. what what's going on? And and he's like, you know, I didn't think about that. You know, what do you think? And he would ask him. Yeah, would ask. 
he would give him the chance to think of something. Yeah. And and then also they'd be joking around with Heath Ledger when the cameras weren't rolling mm. right before the right take. Right before the take, yeah. The dude was was just was like practicing like showing like practicing mad magic tricks mm -hmm. on them all this shit just yeah, yeah. like as a child right like right. like like just showing them like like what do you think of this <laughs> like what do you and and he even asked like the ga the gamble actor like what what do you think of that perform that take mm -hmm. do you think I should do it like he would ask him for directions right right yeah, like the other yeah, his fellow it's, actors it's... it was a super relaxed set also heard that just like everything was planned out like very thoroughly like almost like like and i think what, what i think he means by that is like the script was pretty locked in they right. had a, they knew they had a good script already and they had a plan for how to do everything and that's what i try to do is i because that's one of my favorite movies it's one of my probably my favorite movie it's just it it's such a tour de force in mm. every aspect and it's like i watched that and i'm like if that was a relaxed set I never want to work on a film that is that a, not like that, that is not relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those. Right. Because I have no time for them. I don't care. Right. And especially if it's my film. Right. If yeah. it's my own film and it's <laughs> it's like a stressful environment, it shouldn't be. Yeah. No. Um. You know, I think I think if if you're running out of daylight, and uh, you know, you have to kind of pick up the pace. Oh but yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're not burning bridges. You're not being rude. No. You know. I mean, I did my best not to be. And I think I, I I don't think I did anything rude to anybody, except one guy. I I realized you know he was originally going to be boom pole operator, mm -hmm. but then when I realized we, we were weaving between trees and it was a one take for twelve minutes, and the camera was going every single direction, there right. was no time to figure out where the boom the boom pole should be. I should have figured that out on, in rehearsal. I didn't have time on set because um, like. I only had I only I could only tell I can only work with like the makeup artist behind me mm -hmm. who's like guiding me at times and then when she has to put blood on somebody or 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 take something out of the shot you know she had right. to be there and and uh, be and be in tune with me she was really good at that mm -hmm. um it was I everybody else I had to communicate very thoroughly with but I didn't have the brain the bandwidth right, of the right brain right. yeah and and just everything was you know everything was an onslaught for me that day it was a fucking onslaught and i have this white hair i tell every podcast it <laughs> that's why I that's have. <laughs> that white hair in my beard everybody you know some people mention that it's like i was gonna mention that like i didn't want to it's like you know it's 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 from stress from that right, day right, right. It, it it just it, and it, it still hit it still fucks with me it just everything hit that day and i basically i had the 86 things like that and I was just lucky that certain things worked, like like mm -hmm. having the sh shotgun mic on the camera and just ra like strapping the 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 recorder. One of this recorder, the, yeah. no, this one was was I had it into like th this microphone into that recorder and on the cam that was on the camera. It it sounded fine, <laughs> luckily. Right. Um, Good. But it wasn't the plan. It was ha we're gonna have it on a boom pole, and but I had this guy be this. I I demoted him or whatever you want to call it to to script supervisor, mm. and he had to sit, lay down under a tree, or like like on the top of this hill, yeah, where yeah. he was out of view because we were going three sixty, and you know I, I it's, there were times where I was just losing patience. I was like yelling at Mike Trigo, who you know I gotta have on the podcast sometime. Like I was like Mike, I mean you're in the shot. You're in the shot. We had to re, re had to, we had to reset. Reset. And, and we had him far away too. But I, I I feel like that guy though, I won't say his name, but like I feel like he just was like 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 who is this asshole? I didn't sign up for this because he also dr mm -hmm. helped drive people, so mm -hmm. he couldn't leave. 
yeah, without really without the re- burning everybody's on, like yeah. bridge. But you know, as soon as he got everybody out of his car, I was about to go up up to him and say, "Hey, man, I'm really sorry for how you know today went. It was it was a shit show for me. I I should have planned better. All this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you but I I really appreciate your help." As I was walking up to his car, he just took off. <laughs> just took off, and <laughs> oh, I was man. like, "Oh, I guess uh, I guess he's running late for something." <laughs> I've I never. Well, that's a, I never texted seen the him, <laughs> thinking, "Oh, I guess he he didn't see me walking up to his car." Yeah. Nothing. He, I, I never heard from him ever again. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I I feel crazy. bad. Um, I don't think I was. I mean, I'd like, I, 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 I will be honest. And then I, I, I'm not like, I, at then I thought I was really mean. Hmm. I don't think I was mean. No, because I don't think I was, you know, I, the one thing I know I did wrong was I was, you know, that when, when Mike was like taking up daylight hours mm-hmm. because he was like, he got lost. We told, we, everybody said where the car was, go, go this way. This is where the car is. He goes this way. He goes out of the way. Gets lost. And we, we, we can't start shooting because right. he's going to be coming back in the middle of a take mm-hmm. and he's going to be in the background. Yeah. Um, but now I think I realize now from what I know now, I could have isolated the color of his shirt and 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 took it out. But yeah. it, 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 you know, he would have probably spoke like, hey, guys, what do you like? Like, where's the car? And mm-hmm. then we'd have to stop rolling and then right, right, right. change shirts and it would take 20 extra minutes. Yeah. Or, or not 20, but, you know. But it's, again, with the experience, you know, like you, you just learn yeah, experience. that film and... taught me so much. Yeah. I And you saw me talking shit about it when we after we watched it at, at Chris's house. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, watching it again with all those film people and they, them being impressed by it, or saying they're they're impressed. I don't know. How it was. I think I think impressed. I think they were. Yeah, of course. It, it 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 invigorated me to like read this book and actually use it for my sketches because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what was really most impressive. Yeah. Is that we got a twelve minute take where those people I, I I felt like it wasn't the best take. Mm-hmm. And I, if you if I show you if I show people the the, the really good take where the battery died yeah. because I was a dipshit and uh, <laughs> because these ba- this battery was on it. Right. It right, is right. It, it the 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 timing the timer on it that shows like when it's going to die is on the back but it was down here and I I had to flip the camera every time to, uh, look, to look at, at it. it. Then it's yeah, it's uncomfortable and, and all that. It, it yeah. just it, I had so many. I didn't have an. I should have had a first AD reminding me to check it every mm-hmm. every take. I didn't have a first AD. I didn't know. That's um, that's the process. That's the learning process. You know. But yeah, it's like I should have had a checklist that we went through after mm-hmm. each take before we got started the next take and checking the battery should have been on it every single time. Yeah. Um, it, I thought I would remember, but you know, we were not we're human we're not yeah. robots um right. but no i just plus i took these like salt stick things for for heat exhaustion and that fucked with my ability to think <laughs> and i was like why did i i've never taken these any other film i mean any other time i only do them when i work out mm-hmm. and i don't you know it's I, I was like why did i do that like <laughs> but no that that the best take i felt the best performances too were like the take with the battery or probably just mainly the camera work was my favorite on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, and the the performances were great either way. Um, on the one that we went with. Right. But it's like, I, I, there was one part in the one we went with where he, he fucked up his line, but he, we rolled with it and and managed to make it work. Um, but, and that's why I disregarded that. And I didn't know until days later when I rewatched the footage that actually worked. I thought it didn't work mm. because he fucked up his line the one time. Um, but the one time, 
in a 12 minute take he fucks up his line i'm like we can't use it <laughs> a whole no, 12 minutes <laughs> dude it that was such a stressful shoot man because yeah. uh it was yeah um ah uh, man so i'm gonna change to do you have do you have any principles in life or art <clears throat> do i have any principles it's mm -hmm. a good question um in life, yeah, of course, I have in life uh, principles of, you know, being honest is my. That's my, mine. That's, I, that yeah, really, that's I wrote really, that. I just wrote, yeah, being honest is, is, a, is a huge principle for me. Uh, because honesty is, I feel like it's a cornerstone to anything, to a friendship, uh, work, uh, you know, work relationship, just relationship in life, anything. Honesty is like the building block. You, the fundamental in whatever fundamental you're building, whatever relationship with people, honesty has to be at the honesty front. to yourself and others. Honesty, honesty yeah. to yourself first. Honesty yes. to yourself first, because you have to be honest with yourself about who you are, what you want to do in life, and how do you want to go about it. And then after you're honest, like after you're being truthful to yourself. You can be honest with other people because until you honest, until you know, look in the mirror and and you can see like, okay, this is who I am. You cannot go out there and and kind of like build that relationship with other people. And then, yeah. funny thing you say about like that principle is um, Matthew McConaughey said uh, recently on his IG story, he asked a question of, to his fans. He's like, mm -hmm. you know, what's one of your principles? And and share share video it and share it on the IG story. Tag me in it, and then maybe I post it. So I did do that. I, I recorded mine. This was honesty was one of my principles. And I said, honest to yourself, honest to other people. And he watched my uh, IG story. Didn't didn't uh, post me into oh, his IG cool, story, though. but he did that view my, cool. my story. So I was pretty cool. I was like, oh, man, oh, that's Matthew what you posted about it. recently about Matthew McConaughey. I thought you were doing an impression. Oh, no, that's I, what I, I posted. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, uh, that was funny. <laughs> With um, his accent as like, you know, green lights, book, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't post it. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, he's, he's, he's mocking guy, me. Yeah, he's mocking me. <laughs> oh, he's doing Stop an impression. Shut up. <laughs> My Texas accent. Yeah, that's what. That's another thing I do. I, what I, I've when I'm trying when I'm when I when I don't know somebody, mm -hmm. I found that I have to be serious, like especially through email. Yeah, because it does. Like sarcasm doesn't communicate, but like in person, I think it works. Yeah, but if I, you have to realize when there's limited bandwidth of the when there's a limited ability to communicate with somebody um like even if it's like through a video then it, when it like like they th my default position is to be serious mm -hmm. and be honest and serious and it's like then once they get to know me and they meet me or something i yeah. can be funny and they get that they can right, read right, that right. when they're yeah. reading my messages um that's something i've learned the hard way <laughs> not the hard <laughs> way but i just learned that from real from from doing enough cringeworthy things where i, I read a joke in an email i've never to a person i've never met and then like, like uh... and, then I'm, and then i never get anything back i'm like i shouldn't have done that <laughs> and it was never anything bad it was yeah. just it was just kind of embarrassingly stupid and funny yeah. but it's like they don't get how I make jokes and so they don't know me. It's the person. But they don't see my face. It's yeah. It, it's and it's, a, it, it just doesn't come like you want, you want it. It's best. To, I just learn. It's best to be serious through emails, especially, mm -hmm. especially um, and cheerful. Um, but you know, uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, but honesty is like, if you're not, if you're not, especially with other, when it comes to other people, if you're not honest with other people, yeah, you miss out on if you lie to other people, you miss out on 
though all of you miss out on everybody else being able to help you with problems absolutely yes if you have a problem 100%. sometimes you're not enough to figure it out right. yourself right a lot of times actually yeah a lot of times there's a lot of times where you're wrong about something and you don't find out until you are honest with somebody about what your problem is mm -hmm. and you identify the problem and then they help you and also honesty is Honesty to yourself in that when you identify the pro you're, you, it'll honesty to yourself means you're able to identify the problem. Mm -hmm. Honesty yeah. to others, it means that you're able to, uh, they're able, you're able to identify the problem if you're honest to yourself. If, if it's another person, wait, fuck. No, you're right. Honesty you're right. to yourself so you can identify the problem. And if you're honest with other people, then they can help you fix the problem. Right. Yes. So. I was, I was in my head as I was saying it, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be great for the Instagram trailer. And oh, then, I, and then I, I was thinking I fucked it up. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> that's perfect. what happened that's with Rusty perfect. Spade yeah, is I, I, I was like praying to God. Oh my God, this is an amazing take. We got it. This is the film's here. Yeah. We don't even have to do it. We don't have to do anything else. Battery died. <laughs> oh my wow, god! This is the, this is. I think this is good trailer. Or is no, this, this is yeah, good yeah, this before. is good. Um, I mean, the the other thing is also. Um, I mean, respect is a good one. Is mm -hmm. the you know you you have to be respectful with everybody that you meet. Yeah. You know, um, have to respect what they're about. Have to respect their you know. What I'd, they I'd say in most cases, it, yeah. I I guess I I usually say you have respect, um, or or it, but it, sometimes you might want to just say it's kindness, kindness, and if they yeah. earn your respect, you you respect them, right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well it's it's yeah. That it's, sounded kind of like vicious. Like <laughs> if they earn, earn my the respect. respect. Yeah, you earn my I don't respect. Know. Um, it's like a godfather. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's just no. In terms of respect for me, it's just like it, it's just res respecting the other person's beliefs or yeah, the other yeah. who yeah, the yeah. other person is, and just you know, in order to be working or being you know, um, you know, be good friends or be in relationship, whatever. Is is just res respect, building our respect, honesty, respect, and mm -hmm. um, you know everything. And the kindness, kindness comes, from, you know, from off, from your heart. Mm -hmm. like that, that that's really you kind. You have to be kind. I mean, no, not have to be. You try to be kind, and uh, but the kindness also kind of goes away with all those three, you know, three things: honesty, especially with honesty, kind of like go into that. So. Yeah, honesty. Uh, and, and I think honesty in filmmaking, like if if I don't feel like I believe in what I'm saying mm -hmm. in my films, it it th that's the thing that it makes me physically ill. Yeah, yeah. I get I literally will get physically ill right. and have a, a breakdown, an emotional breakdown <laughs> where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, what am I doing? Dude, I once yeah, I was once trying to cast for a project that I didn't believe in and after I, I we, we put an ad out for for actors for it and i didn't know how how the whole system worked at the time so i assumed that you know you know i i, I had messaged everybody about the pro like right. where, where the auditions were happening and everything and then when i then i wrote the first draft that night mm -hmm. of what we i talked about with this other person it was right. their ideas yeah and I realized I shouldn't have done, gone with them because once I wrote the script, I was like, I fucking hate this. I can't do this. <laughs> and then I sent a me another message to everybody saying, all right, sorry, can't, uh, auditions are off. And then I told my friend what I'd done. And they're like, are you crazy? Like, go and <laughs> tell them it's on still. Yeah. And I shouldn't have listened to his advice because I did that. And then later on, though, I 
later on in the process, I just, well, I'm, I'm grateful I did because I learned more, but you know, I, later on in the process, I then decided to pull the plug and I'm glad I did, but mm. it was like, if you don't yeah. feel like you can, if you don't feel like you're telling the truth as a filmmaker, it's like in life, you're not telling the truth to somebody and right. it's, it, it affects you. It affects you. Especially me, you know, yeah. no. I think yourself. Same, and, same with me. Yeah. And that's, that's basically, you know, goes back to the performance as well as an actor. So you have to tell the truth. You have to be honest yeah. about the character that you're portraying. You, you, you have to tell, yeah, you have to show the humanity in most honest way. Mm -hmm. That's how to put it. The, the best way to put it. So, yeah. What is and and if this is not something you're comfortable answering, or maybe there's a there's a way to answer this where it relates to film. Mm -hmm. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? And 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 I this could be something and uh, the hardest thing you've done in your art or in life or in your sport or something. Mm -hmm. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? And it might be it could be like the, the hardest day you've ever had. Like for me, probably Rusty Spade. But what's yours? Hardest thing that I ever done. I think, I mean, there, 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 I really like dwell on those kind of things a little bit, but, um, if you don't want to dwell on it, we can go to the next question. No, no, no. I, I can, I can answer just a minute. I mean, I kind of, the hard things that I do, I mean, there are a lot of different hard things and you kind of like, you take them as the challenges and then mm -hmm. you just, you know, move on and, uh, you reflect on them later down the road and think what could you could have done differently for me. Probably most most recent thing, as hardest thing that. Oh, okay. Yes, I have one. I have one. The hardest thing that I ever done is when I got injured. Um, by my silly, stupid mistake mm -hmm. uh, that I overtrained too much and uh, dislocated my elbow in the oh, process. Geez. The hardest thing for me was to coming back from that and then realizing that because at the time I thought the sports was my avenue to, um, you know, just, just to kind of like continue. Cause I, you know, there's different aspirations that I had. I mean, I still kind of have, but sports was a, a, for, for the time for me was like, okay, this is the way I can also get it into creative environment into worse because I've seen, you know, Rug done it and a lot of like athletes switch their careers to being an, a an actor and stuff like this. And I, I for, at the time, Olympic weightlifting was going really well for me. I was training for uh, my first American Open because uh, I was putting up the numbers that I was already qualified. I was like, the last competition I did before that, uh, it, I was off by like five kilos going mm -hmm. to American Open to make it in my weight class. And then I started training like really heavily because my coach was just like, you can do it. Like he sat me down and he was just like, I asked him, do you think I have a future in this Olympic weightlifting? Because I mean, I've done hammer throwing in the past and the hammer throwing has been kind of like on and off. It's like love, hate relationship at the time. But Olympic weightlifting was like, everything was going well. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, yes, I think you can train hard, go after it, no distractions, you'll get it. You'll, you'll get where you want to go. And I said, great. And I started, as I said, I started putting out the numbers. I was, uh, you know, doing, uh, about like almost 140 on a clean and jerk and like snatching over hundred. And I, um, when I dislocated my elbow, that realization of like that, that 
am I going to be able to do this again? Yeah. What am I going to do with my life now? Uh, wh wh where is this going? Because how how am I going to train? Or am I going to go back to sport? I mean, here I am, was going, everything was going well for me. And then this, just like that, took away. And for me, the hard thing was just sitting down and like analyzing everything and coming to realization that sports are not forever. They're not yeah. going to be, they're not going to be there for me, even though how much time I spent uh, in college, uh, my athletic career. And I've been like, um, my, my college, I've been very, very strict with myself. I've, you know, as always everything about sports, everything like athletic academics was there, obviously number one, but athletics for me was like, I can't miss practices. I can't, I have to get enough sleep. I can't go to this, you know, uh, party or whatever, because like I have a meet or I have to train the next day. I, I, there's no distractions. And then it was just sports, 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 collegially, the same thing. I was so determined. So, and, and that happened. And looking back at it, I was just like, okay, what are we going to do now? Switch back acting is, you know, if that's not go back to, to this. And for me, it was hard to switch from that mindset into going going into acting. Not not hard. It was hard at the beginning, but then as it come along, mm -hmm. I kind of realized that actually this is what I want to do in life: acting. And yeah. this is what I want to be filmmaking. I want to I want to be in this. And um, yeah, then kind of like switching my uh, directions more into that. Uh, now, I was still coming off the injury. I was still fighting back and I did heal myself back. My coach helped me a lot with that. And I give him all the props uh, to for me to get back into Olympic weightlifting world and things like this. But at that at that moment was just that that making that making that decision in my mindset, coming to that realization was a hard for me, hard part for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the th things about sports that, you know, um, I mean, there's a, the equivalent for me as a filmmaker would be brain damage. Brain Is damage. If, so, if, so, if something happened, I got into a car accident, yeah. Yeah. uh, God forbid. And, 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 or somebody like wanted to, you know, play that game where they would go up and punch some random person <laughs> with, <laughs> in the street, which is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was like videos that pop up on YouTube back in when I was in high school about that. Right. Weird things. You know, and somebody just decides, you know, like I'm going to, and then, and then my, my head hits the concrete or something like, and then I, I'm never the same person after that. That's yeah. one of my biggest fears yes, is, no, absolutely. is that happening and, and losing my brain faculty. Right. Um, that's, I feel like that's like a lot of people. I, I was afraid too, of taking know? the vaccine because of that. I was like, I didn't want, I was afraid of, of what, you know, what happens after I take it is, is that because, you know, am I going to have something happen in my brain where I'm. Mm -hmm. I can't have ideas or like, like or creative, you know, right, ideas right, as good as I could, yeah. you know, I mean, I will say though, I was making gains again for the first time in years mm -hmm. um, because I started taking this, uh, this uh, supplement called quercetin and, and mm -hmm. all these uh, supplements for COVID, but it, that, that stuff, it helps to get rid of uh, inflammation in the body and the brain. And that's, that enabled my muscles and everything to start growing again. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I was plateaued for years and, right, and I right, right. started making gains again. But then after the That's vaccine, good. I plateaued again. Really? Yeah. Hey, so I'm like, 
but I I work out for for performance in my writing, in my creativity, yeah, in my filmmaking, yeah. because and, working and out. to feel happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a big deal to me. I'm not doing comp weightlifting competitions. Mm-hmm. If I was, I would have a normal sleep schedule. And uh, well, good no. that. Um, but <laughs> oh, um, man, yeah, my sleep would... schedule is was bad right uh, now because uh, I'm off from training and everything for right now. It's yeah. Just uh, trying to make different changes. So we talked about that, you know. Um, so yeah. hopefully, once once everything goes back to normal. I can kind of like switch back and go back and now without sacrificing anything else, but you know, be more, <laughs> yeah, be on a better schedule. But yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah I the, the idea totally of, agree with you of, you know, with sports, you know, it's, you know, that it's not forever. And that's, that's, it's a tough thing yeah. for athletes because they have that, that be like, once this, it's like, once they get, they reach mastery of what they're doing. Mm-hmm they have to retire right or have, before, we'll have right have like to. like great artists like like mozart or 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 quentin tarantino <laughs> mozart like and quentin tarantino oh wow that's a two that, different that's, that's spectrums a, right there <laughs> that's a perfect okay, that's, that's a flawless a perfect, that's a flawless right there uh, example <laughs> it's like, 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 like they're, they're, they're exactly order. in the same category <laughs> yeah. totally. but no um you know like like when people i listen to more Sir, when I watch Quentin Tarantino's voice, I just silent them and just listen to Mozart would, and the Kill I don't Bill. You never find a Mozart in a Quentin Tarantino film. No. Well, maybe, maybe now if he ever, if he ever finds this podcast, yeah. I was just thinking yeah. he might put the. No, Mozart I was just saying his name because I, I was listening to his podcast on the Joe Rogan Experience, which I've been wanting, I've been looking forward to for years. Yeah. I've been hoping because every time he's like, "I'd love to, I'd love to have Quentin Tarantino on a podcast." I'm like, "Yes, make it happen." <laughs> it happened. I've been, I'm not done it yet, but uh, no, like. People, you know, usually in your like 30s or 40s, 30s to 40s is mm-hmm. when you reach your prime. Yeah. A lot of times. So 30s, 40s. In hammer throwing, it's 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 between 30 and 40. The world record was set when Yuri Siddiq was like 32 and he was still throwing mm-hmm. over 80 meters when he was 40. So yeah. the prime for the for the throwers is, is in the 30s. Now, this leads to a good question um, that I have. Quinn Tarantino has made it publicly known that he plans to retire after his 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 next film, which would be his tenth film, hmm. because he's had a good run and he knows he he looks at his like uh, direct right film film directors are like boxers, yeah, yeah, you know they're they're good to a certain point and then they start making shitty films, hmm. you know, or like like a boxer would start losing to like really bad boxers, uh, or except something. there are a few ones that are yeah. still like like Martin Scorsese, yeah, I mean. And, uh, you know, but like Quinn Tarantino, like, uh, I feel like, I hate to say this, but I feel like, like his work has been more consistent. I think so. Like in terms of, of the caliber that, or, or the, and the success and all these things. Yeah. Like he's like, he's kind of like Christopher Nolan. And that, that yeah. he he and Christopher Nolan are my favorite filmmakers, mm-hmm. I'd say, because they're writer. I think I think it's because they're writer directors. Right, they write. Right, they are the sole writer. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, he he writes, but he mainly has a, a write a, a screenwriter mm-hmm. who he hires to do most of the writing. I think, right. but he writes with them, so he yeah. does write. But I think that's that's that that's the reason why his career is a bit inconsistent compared to. To Nolan and, and Quentin Tarantino, but th- then again, well, I mean, I, he makes great fucking films, and and I'm not I'm not shitting on him no, at no, all. No, but it, and also, 
Quentin Tarantino and Nolan are are kind of you know they're they're not they don't have as long a career as him, mm-hmm. but you know I feel like from my perspective they have more consistency because they're the sole they are the main writer the main writers yeah. and what I feel what I've wanted to I've tried to mimic I'm trying to mimic my career off of what they've done mm-hmm. mainly, um, although I love Martin Scorsese I'm not I'm not dissing on him at all but i love i jam because uh, if he's ever watched would love to um, work with martin scorsese one day um i he quentin and and nolan it's like it's because they write they are the sole writers i feel like the writing has a big role in the consistency of the quality of the stories that you're telling Oh, absolutely. Writing is, yeah. has to be. It's the biggest. It's one of the And, and it's such parts. a deeply intuitive personal process. You can't hand it off to a writer. You can. Mm, you can. But they can't yeah. do as good a job. Mm-hmm. And I think Quentin and Nolan are great examples of that. And any a lot of writer directors, because what it's so personal, like, like it's kind of like the bandwidth thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If if they had Neuralink, if a director had Neuralink, but you know, even if you had Neuralink. The hard the hard thing is being able to come up with and write. Right. Yeah. The writing writing is a task. Writing is a is a it's a if if you can come up with a great script, you wouldn't pass it like like uh, like to, to the level of Nolan or Quentin Tarantino. Right. 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 Yeah. You wouldn't have another writer. You wouldn't hire them. You no. would write it yourself. Right. So if you can't write it yourself. You're not challenging yourself to do what Nolan and Quentin Tarantino do. Right. They're doing because I I I I feel like I'm I'm figuring out what that is. I've been figuring out for mm-hmm. years what it is to write a great script. It's right. Aaron Sorkin. He 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 like he's a great example. I watch his movies. He that he's a case where I can watch just about any film written by Quentin uh, by, by, by by Sorkin or Quentin or, or Nolan mm-hmm. and I know it's going to be a great film I'm going to like it right right because his scripts are usually the way he writes them he's not going to put some direct let some director change it in a drastic way that he doesn't believe in mm-hmm. I think and yeah. he's he's kind of an auteur in that way and that's the thing it's like it's a singular vision, right? It's a singular vision, and uh, I'm glad he started making the move to directing mm-hmm. um, because I, I think that's awesome. Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin, yeah, yeah. The, the screenwriter, uh, Moneyball, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, right. uh, Steve Jobs, the, the recent one, not the, right. not the, not the, not the. Is that one the one with uh, Michael Fines? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. That's I so love good. that one. That was really He's one good. Of my favorite. It's a, too. it's like a verbal action film, yeah. as I heard. Like I think Kevin Smith say it. Right, right. It's, it's right. like. You're, you're like the words are bullets right. you know i love that and that's that's what inspires me so much with my writing is like yeah. i want to be able to write something that's as impactful with with words with as words that. yeah because the words matters like yeah. words the dialogue matters and kind of like going back with like J, uh a director and like the principal and stuff the james james cameron Yes, I recently like watched his masterclass and stuff. He said, "Yeah, that, what do you think of that? Yeah, oh, it's great. I mean, it's it's very good. I'd recommend it." Yeah, so wait, wait, back to what you're saying. But Sorry, the, with the off. with the uh, yeah with the James Cameron, he said basically when he was uh, making, um, he he wrote. I think I don't know if he wrote or whatever. I I don't remember. Don't don't fact check me on that. But <laughs> maybe fact check me later. But with Avatar movie, uh, he wanted you know it's basically. Um, 
you know, you have he, he, how he described in his way. It's like they they have this everything, but they also have this environmental thing where with the hippie kind of like tree hugging people, you know, the aliens that they love trees yeah. and the environment and all the stuff. So when he came to the uh, producers to to produce the film, they said they read through his the script and he said, ah, you know what, ah, we we don't want this. The maybe we should take out the hippie, uh, you know, tree hugging. Wouldn't work action. then. That's why James he... Cameron was like, no, I'm not because this is my. I want to make that. But this is the movie is about that. It's yeah. not about anything. It's about this. It's about the environment. It's about loving the nature. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know, we'll they, they went with they, they went with it because yeah. but he didn't back off on principle because he said if I did. You know, I never back off my, my principles because I, if I believe if you don't want to help me make this movie, I'll go to someone else and they know that, that that's the thing. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a like, good way of looking at it. Yeah. That's when you like write your, or you produce it. Like, as I said, I don't rem know if James Cameron wrote Avatar, but you know, with that in mind, like when you write your own stuff as a director and you go to producers, it's like, you know, this is your baby. You have to. So. That's it's like there's a reason why a, a script and that's actually a thing I was going to get to is like what mm -hmm. what kind of things do you think make for a great script or film? Oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. Yeah. What you know, you have to know from the moment you have the idea for the film, I mm -hmm. think, or early in the process, why it works. Yeah. Or, or, or constantly explore why it's working and, and be attentive to that because, you know, there's a chance that. You know, somewhere along the line, somebody's going to give you feedback. And and if you feel your gut saying, I can't listen to this person, mm. it's going to change everything. It's going to kill the film for me. Right. right. Don't listen to them. Don't do, you know, you can listen to them and see like, okay, oh, it's too violent. And I heard, I think, um, uh, uh, Jordan Peele talking about this. Somebody said that his movie, one of his horror films that he was working on, it was too violent. They gave him a note about it being too violent. Mm -hmm. So he was saying, well, I'm not going to make it less violent. It is a violent movie. But maybe I can do something early on, have somebody say something to let people know this is going to be a violent movie. Right, right. Let yeah. them know it's supposed to be. Right. You know, yeah. this is, you know, something that keys into that or or diffuses that note later. Right. You know, when you have... um you know, if if there's something about a character that's like somebody's are like complaining about, so when people give you a, a feedback on a script, it's not often about uh, the the solution isn't often. Sometimes it's not about doing something the obvious thing that you would think to mm -hmm. you know fix it, like make something less violent. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of times figuring out how to acknowledge that to them early on let them set the expectation mm -hmm. if, right. if you set the expectation this is going to be a violent movie ahead of time if you go into a quentin tarantino movie you're not going there for for fucking daisies in a field you're yeah. going there to see somebody get slaughtered right, in right, a right. daisy filled field and you know and it's going to be beautiful it's going to be great you don't go to it's he, an art he, i love his quote you don't like it's i make violent movies yeah that's me if you don't like that you know it's it, you don't go to metallica and ask the fuckers to turn the music down <laughs> i love that quote right yeah. like yeah, that's a good one that's exactly what it is that's right. the attitude you should have it's like and so there's but if nobody knows like, like if somebody isn't 
familiar with your work, mm -hmm. if they're not familiar with a, a Quentin Tarantino film going in, right? Say, and if you're if you're a new director and you mm -hmm. you have to you have to prove yourself or something or not prove yourself or, or you know you have to do something you have to let people know what to expect right. or you know you have to set the expectations so they can anticipate it right, right right if it will help the film you have to put it in there somewhere in the beginning you know this is what this film is going to be deal with it yeah deal with <laughs> it exactly just, you know this is what it's going to be this right. is you know and then when when you know somebody re somebody watches the film who would think, oh, it's too violent. If they, in the beginning of the film, they're told in some way, not told directly like, oh, this is going to be a violent movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like some character, you know, something foreshadows, right? Something right, foreshadows right. that it's going to be a very violent movie. Um, You set the expectation and then the person's like, oh, it's not, uh, you know, they get it. They, right, they yeah. understand why they're watching. Why the they're watching it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's, but you know, so there's a way to sidestep doing the obvious and completely catastrophic thing when dealing with feedback or people's disagreement about what the movie's about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to walk it's, a different way. Yeah, because if the person doesn't get it, they shouldn't. You know, you don't. You don't want to sacrifice because if you right, if, you, if right. you sacrifice the initial principles, like like I think James Cameron was saying. The initial principles are what makes it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what makes it if work? You, what makes it special? If you have a car. And you get the car working and everything. Right. Or you invent a car for the first time. You're the per first person who invented a car. You show it to somebody. It's like, I like it, but what's that big fucking thing that's vibrating, it's moving in the in the front of it? <laughs> oh, that's the engine. That's what makes everything work. Get works. rid of it. Get rid of it. Right. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Right. And so right. if you listen to that feedback, like like your gut's telling you, oh, I made this car. I know that it doesn't move without that that thing, yeah, without that big thing, yeah. metal thing that's vibrating and making a lot of noise in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very loud. I don't like it. It's the engine. It's, it's the not going to go without but, it. Yeah. And that's, that's a movie. Right. Right. Exactly. If you make a movie... You have to know early as early as you can and be very attentive, even you know, even as you go through the process, what's making it work. And sometimes you don't know. You and don't you have know, to be yeah. honest with yourself and with honest with your your with others. Right. And have peers that can give you feedback and tell you and then I and listen to them when they say, like, you 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 were on the right track. If they if somebody likes something from that you wrote and then you go and change it, mm -hmm. you know, they tell you. Right. Hey, dude, it right. was working. It was working fine. When I was doing Feeding the Fire, the first time I started to get really good feedback from people, I was like, or like the first time I really started making use of feedback and, and making movies, um, I had a friend who read the script or they read the outline. No, they read the outline. And he was like, okay, yeah, what, maybe change this line. It doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess he's that one line person who, who yeah, only has like one idea. One line, he just one has idea, one idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'll go get feedback from somebody else now. And then I got feedback from somebody else and it was like, change all this, change. All. <laughs> they weren't somebody who I was friends with for a long time. They right, weren't, right. they were a bit older than me. They were, they were kind of different. They had a different, they were different minded. And then when I did all that, all those changes and brought it to that friend before who gave me the one line change. I said, "Hey, look at this. Can I go through this with you?" And I went through it, and he he the whole time he's like, "Wait, what? No, 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 what? No, it was all working. What are <laughs> right, you doing? Right. What are you doing?" And I realized I had sacrificed the first principles to make somebody to 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 make the film that somebody else wanted versus what I wanted. Right. And so, basically, 
you know, you have to be attentive to that and you have to be attentive to what your, your peers are saying. You have to, you have to figure out what kind of movie you want to make first, find the people who, and, and figure out if, if it's a movie that other people around you right. like, would like people that you trust, people who, you, who see things the way you see them or, you know, who are good friends of yours, you know, better, the better friends I think usually are good, you know, gauges for that because you're friends with them for a reason because you relate on some level. Um, especially if you have, you know, good chemistry or, you know, you have oh, yeah. similar yeah. interests. Go you know, the same, you know, that's, the same that's, way. that's your audience. Yeah. Your friends are your audience. And, right, absolutely. and you figure out based on their feedback and, and you prioritize their feedback. We also listen to other people's feedback. Um, cause you might want to make something that works for people outside of your feedback group, mm -hmm. your friends group. Right. And yeah. I try to do that. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have to. You have to just admit, all right, this is going to offend some people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's fine because like, if you think about it, you, it's goes back to your idea. It goes back to your principle. And then like, mm -hmm. you have to have that gut feeling. That's what you're doing is. Yeah. And sometimes right. it's just, sometimes a, it's, it's just, just a gut feeling. It's like your subconscious, you, it's, it's such a complex matter. Right. That your gut or your subconscious or your, your unconscious is like, it's like, it's like shooting things up into the mm -hmm. the surface. It's like stop! You're you're stop, messing man. this all up, and you're not aware <laughs> yeah. of it, right? Um, but you feel it, and you feel something's off, and and then you start to like, okay, let's uh, let's let's take things back, let's let's figure, back, and then you yeah. can t you can pitch to somebody and say what's not working about this, and sometimes you don't even notice. I don't right. A lot of times I don't even notice what's going wrong about something until I get feedback, and, and you you do that, and then you realize, oh, okay, I see. Because you're you're in a bubble. You're in right. a bubble when you're writing and 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 or getting feedback from some from one person, and you mm -hmm. get feedback from another person. You realize you're out you're out of that bubble then, right. and you get that yeah. the you get the feedback you and get... and you, you you aggregate or if that's the right word, you get feedback from different people. You figure out where you figure out where is the bubble. Right. Where are the bubbles? Is it just with these people, or is it with you know, or is it crowd, is it just yeah, me, just or me. is it you know, yeah, and and so yeah, you figure out that through through feedback and and, and just, that's why feedback is so important yeah it's just it's just really important in anything so um the question of what makes for a great film or a great script makes a great before you ask that question again is this okay uh do you want to lift it up just a little bit probably yeah you can pull, pull, pull up pull up on on here um this thing uh, I think, do I sound okay? Yeah, this is better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because I was just like, I moved it down a little bit. Oh, so, and then so, I noticed so you my... see this thing, this key thing here? Yeah. You have it on your, your, your right hand. Uh-huh. So you, you, you twist it or you hold the mic and then untwist it. Oh, and twist it. And then, no, it, it's good. Okay. It's okay. Perfect. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not covering your face too much. Is it covering my face? Too much? Uh, a little bit. Um, uh, let's move it down a little bit. There you go. You're you're you sound fine. I I'm I sound good. I'm the one who's been back a lot. Oh, uh, okay. But I'm gonna I'm good? gonna add a voice leveler that's gonna automatically level the voices. Oh, okay, um, cool. in post. Um, yeah. So it it'll sound distant if you're over here. That's the worst. Yeah, thing. that's how, well. It, yeah. It'll it'll just raise the levels and you'll hear the, the noise of the basement. Uh, gotcha. like, you know, <laughs> I have a noise remover, but you know. Well, ask that question again. Uh, so, what do you think makes for a great film or great script? A great script or great film. Oh, makes for a great film or a great script. Yeah. Uh, detail as detailed as a version of the answers you can think. Okay. Well, the 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 kind of like not. I am I am I am James Cameron, and I am here asking you. Oh man. To figure out <laughs> to whether figure I out should what... pay you millions of dollars to make your movie that you want to make. <laughs> 
how do, what makes for a great film or movie and whether you answer this correctly will determine whether you get the money <laughs> that's a good direction it's a good direction okay go act uh, bam let's bam, go bam let's go so it's the action well i think i mean there are there there are different things but in my in my opinion story is is uh the way the mm -hmm. way you tell the story number 2 is um the characters what what is what is your how appealing how realistic the characters are and mm -hmm. not in the way of like okay it can be fantasy it could be anything it's more of like the human emotion involved what mm -hmm. the behavior what what is what are you trying to uh tell show display a human element in the characters that through through them your story your original and the main story the other thing is in my opinion is um themes of the Well, okay. Going, sorry. okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me check the yeah. batteries on the, the mics or the cameras real quick. Yeah. Just wondering. That one's good. Uh, so yeah, keep going. Keep talking oh, yeah. about the... <clears throat> so yeah, the, the themes um, of the story. Basically, um, what is, you know, what... What kind of like the main, I guess the, um, what are you trying to tell? What part of like the, the human experience do you want, do you want to, uh, translate through your story? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think just going back into the, the, uh, you know, the story is, yeah. is, is, is the, the, the makes, what the makes mixture. for a great story though. And I, I mean, I can what, give you my answers. What makes for a great story? I'll probably say drama mm -hmm. makes for a great story. Um, uh, what the behavior, the human behavior makes for a great story. The social, uh, whatever, like the social things that you believe in that you think that you want to talk about. Relevance. To Relevance, what, yeah. To issues today or the past. Right, issues to the day, issues to the past that, that affected you personally as a, as a, a storyteller. Mm -hmm. That's important because if you want to make something really good, it has to relate to you personally. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's like yeah. kind of like it has, it has, you has to. So you can connect with it and you can, you can tell connect, it right. You can tell it right. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't, you find people mm -hmm. who go, who went through the experiences and you, and you tell that. Because I think us as uh, filmmakers, artists, we have like a normal um, responsibility to 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 tell the stories of the people of like who we're portraying, who we're trying to tell, you know, mm -hmm. the stories from, and to tell them to the most honest and go back to the honesty, the most honest and uh, and truthful way, and kind of like and and clear as possible so the audience left you know leave the movie theater thinking that they learned something from watching the movie that yeah. they came to the end and they kind of like okay i understand you know what what this you know i i i went away from um after watching movie learning something and there, there's there's a lot of movies that my experiences that i watched that affected me personally and i've learned something from them 
Uh, the other thing is, um, yeah, well, I think, I think kind of like this kind of points that I was hitting. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, wait, only, let me cut real quick. We'll. Well, let's let's take a break. Do you need to use the bathroom real quick? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them to quiet down. Oh, oh, wait. is it? You can hear it. Thanks for listening or watching. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For notes and links to things mentioned on the show, my films, the video version of the podcast, or select the clips from each episode, go to profitableproductions.com/backslash/podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two f's, two t's. Also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at TomProfitTake and at Profitable Productions. Thanks again. Catch you on the next take.